Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Attention, attention. They are not ready for prime time, as they say. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time, that's the name. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime, prime time. It's XL prime time. Featuring Joe C. I'm having nightmares right now. Matt Hayes. Their D's gonna be really good. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, head. And Leon Searcy. Somebody has to go home and cry. How you like me now? I'll tell you. I'll tell you who's crying right now. All of T Town. All of T Town. And then where they had once a long, long time ago, the Boston Tea Party. Uh, they are both crying in their beer right now. Welcome to XL Primetime, and I am not I am not gleeful about Nick Saban leaving Tuscaloosa. I'm not gleeful about Bill Belichick leaving New England, but I will do this after saying that. It might be worth a celebration for a lot of other fan bases. Look, we will pay tribute to Nick Saban and to Bill Belichick, but who among you in the AFC East – or the SEC West didn't smile just a little bit when Nick said no moss and Bill followed him today. Welcome into XL primetime. Those are the two we're going to talk about. As a matter of fact, if you think about it, in a 24-hour period, we had a that just happened yesterday, and it was in the 2 o'clock hour with Pete Carroll, right? It was yeah. after Leon left. So in, in a, And it was in, funny because <clears throat> I said to the camera, I was like, if you're watching on YouTube yeah. right now yeah. or Twitter or Facebook, like – my jaw dropped. Yeah, you and were you, shocked. You visibly saw it. So imagine our and, faces over the last 24 hours with these latest two announcements. So, so big stars, we had JR, Jim Ross uh, from uh, AEW on uh, in the show, mm. and it was 2 o'clock hour after you had left. And then she, you know, her jaw drops, and we put the Pete Carroll thing out. In the span of Pete Carroll to this morning, so less than 24 hours, you saw seven Super Bowls. Seven Super seven Super Bowls mm-hmm. and nine national championships. Yeah. Okay, think about that. Nine national championships and seven Super Bowls walk out the door yesterday with Pete Carroll, Nick Saban, I, and then Bill Belichick. I, I've never, I haven't seen anything like this. You're talking about three of the all-time greats. I mean, respectively, in college and professional level. I mean, yeah. I remember I, where, where I was when I saw someone say it was at the bar and say, hey, someone said, Nick Saban retired. I said, retire? Yeah. Nick Saban, I, you know, listen, when you think about Nick Saban, you think about somebody that's going to be in there until, you know, they have to cart them out of there, yeah. you know? But, yeah, Nick Saban retired. And then you got Bill Belichick who's stepping down from the ranks of, you know, what, 24 seasons with the New 24 England? Seasons. 24 seasons. 24 seasons with the New England Patriots. 17. I want you to do the math here. Yeah. So, 24 seasons, right? 24 seasons. I'm 31 <clears throat> years old. Mm-hmm. So, I was seven years old the last time the Patriots had a different quarterback. Nick Saban, different obviously. Coach, yeah. had yeah. a different. Sorry, a different yeah. coach. Nick Saban at, in Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. since 2008, 2007, Matt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's a little, bit, a little bit more recent. But then when you go back to his time at LSU and the Michigan State, I mean, he has been a Power 5 coach my entire life, competing for a national title. Mm-hmm. And Pete Carroll, for what it's worth, before he was at Seattle? Well, the 21st century, he's won national championships and Super Bowls. Since mm-hmm. 2000, since yeah. 19, whatever it was that he got to USC. Mm-hmm. My well, entire life has been these three guys – Winning titles, and now it could be over. Well, listen, I'm, I'm about to put some age on my on my body right now. I was watching this 
yesterday, I was watching the divisional round, 1995, Cleveland versus Pittsburgh when I was on that team. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban was the defensive coordinator, and Belichick was the head coach. Yep. Yeah. It, it, Lewis classic. Ricks was the safety in the game. Yeah, um, Lou Riddick was all Lewis, in Lou on Riddick that today was, talking exactly. about. Exactly. So, I mean, that lets you know how profound – I mean, respect I have for both of these guys because right. – They've been the architect of some of the greatest dynasties that you'll ever see in college and at the professional. And so that will be the next question. Can anyone come close on both of those levels? That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Dan Lanning just posted a video to his Twitter of the first team meeting of 2024 at the University (laughs) of Oregon and essentially has said he is not leaving Whoa. He is saying in Eugene, mm-hmm. this was as of six, seven minutes ago. And, and I haven't watched or listen. I'm like watching it now. I'm not listening to it with audio, but right. thanks to our nooners um, yeah. that sent it to us, including uh, including 412, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like Dan Lanning is not leaving Oregon for the University of Alabama. All right, so JJ, you can go look for that. Uh, Matt, uh, with your Saturday down south, your Saturday used to be out west, <laughs> and your Saturday <laughs> tradition and all that. I mean, this is uh, – all right. Two years ago, Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly left at the same time, right. and I should include Billy Napier in this conversation, <laughs> three mammoth moves three years ago. But anyway, those other two left, and it, it felt like it shook college football. And then you have all the realignment and all the you know the exodus of teams and the Pac-12 break. This is as big as anything, Nick Saban stepping away. It's a, it's, it's a monumental moment in the game. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who in 17 years at Alabama, he lost to 22 coaches. 22. That is it. I'm going to go over to listen. You'll be shocked, okay? It's uh, I, I think we there's time to, to, to talk about what he did and his impact in the game, and it's just I, I contend, and I'll say this again, mm-hmm. I think for what he did in his time with player management going all over the place, his entire time there with the, the way college football is so competitive, playing in the toughest league in college football every single year, He's the greatest coach to ever do it in any sport, ever. See, I argue that, than like Wooden, you said. It's a good better discussion. Better than Bear Bryant. Yeah. Um, better did. than Coach K. He is the dude. Um, now, replacing him is the story. Yeah. That's the big story. I, I, I think the first call is Dabo, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure Dabo's going to say no because Dabo doesn't want to follow him. Dabo probably wouldn't mind being the guy who follows the guy who right. follows him, right? Who wants to follow that? So I think Dabo will say no, and then I think your next call is going to be Sark, and Sark's going to say, I'm a Texas. Why do I want to leave here? Yeah. And then it comes down to, look, you may not like it. You might have to, like, hold your nose a little bit and swallow, but you're going to have to go get Lane Kiffin. You're just going to have to. All right, um, so I, I think it's going to be between Lane and Mike Norvell, basically what it comes okay, down so to. Okay, so now I've changed uh, a little bit of my list because we're going to do an X poll, and we now can take Landing off the list based on what he said. And yes, JJ will I'll have to, grab, to uh, <laughs> edit, edit the poll I yeah, had. Just delete it and start over. Yes, do you want to play the Dan Landing thing? So, it, yeah. it, like, half of it is – from his team meeting this morning, and then the back 30 seconds is like, you'll hear it. Okay. Four. Who has goals and aspirations? Raise your hand up. All right, everybody got goals and aspirations. You know how you get those? You be the best where you're at. If that's how you reach goals and aspirations, that's how great things happen. It's not about worrying about the next thing. It's about worrying what's right in front of you, six inches right in front of your face. I want to remind you guys what that means. You guys that just got here don't know them. Right, but it means something to be an organ done. Everybody makes what? They all, they all make commitments to things that they're gonna do. A lot of starters, the world doesn't have a lot of what? Finishers. 
We're finishing. I want to be here in Eugene for as long as Eugene will have me. This place has everything that I could possibly ever want. There's a little bit of a problem in society today with people looking for what's next and where, where there's an opportunity. And the reality is, you know, the grass is not always greener. In fact, the grass is damn green in Eugene. And then it says, I'm not leaving. That's a familiar uh, that's a music, too. And then he has uh, him smoking a cigar. Nice. And this is all on his Twitter. It's been blowing up over the last seven. But he says... I love it. Yeah, I love it, too. But, I mean, yeah, it means something to be an Oregon duck. It I mean, doesn't. Does it? St- it doesn't. Yeah. And, like, you're comparing that to being Alabama exactly. Crimson Tide, it's, dude. Yeah. This is a huge mistake if he'd really declined that job. Yeah, and we're, we're going to keep an eye on this one because I love it. In other words, I, you know, I say I keep manning the landing ship and all that kind of stuff. I don't think I, he declined it. Wait yeah. a second. Yeah. I don't think I'm he saying declined if, it. Yeah, that's I don't how it happened. I, I think he... Got himself out of that whole process before anything even started to roll. Right. Phil Knight basically said, do not move a muscle without talking to me. And you were going to redefine college football, yada, yada, yada. I have no idea how he convinced him, but he is turning down the best job in America. I think we probably could at least argue Huge, that. nasty cash. A lot of cheddar. I don't think he's turning. A lot if, of, it just if it wasn't offered to him, then he's not turning it right. down. But no, you have to hear what I'm saying now because in his mind, and, and you know how these things work, overtures from agents, from whoever, uh, uh, go-betweens, and before he was even offered it, Phil Knight said, let me speak to you right now. And then that's why he came out with the statement that he came out of. Because, Look, for again, all, for this, all goes we know, to, this goes back to our original conversation. For all we know, Greg Byrne, the AD at Alabama, was already down the road with D- Dabo, and Dabo was going to accept the deal. We have no idea. Exactly. My, we my don't. whole point is just because Dan Lanning says I'm not taking the job doesn't mean he was offered it. No, I, I totally get that. I'm just saying they are right now up in Oregon making sure they don't get poached again. And I Yeah, give, I think that's fair. I give sure. Phil Knight credit for that and, and, and Lanning credit for saying, you know what? I'm in a good place. What's wrong with where I'm at? And I do like that. Part. I just want to know. To JJ's point, I agree with him. If you could, you should probably let it play out a few days mm-hmm. before immediately saying I'm not interested because if, the better job is Alabama. It's not of even a course question. it is. Yeah, when so, you say the grass is green, so, I don't understand that. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, <laughs> literally, I think their jerseys are greener, yeah. maybe the grass, he, but that's, you're, you're also yeah. in a situation where he's he's. Showing commitment to I his still, players. That's the part I and love. He's showing, and he's showing that, you know what, I'm a man of my word. Yeah. And he, he's not going to be able to do that if the job's never offered to him. You know and what I mean? he came from the Saban Smart tree. And so he has a lot of that good stock in him when it comes to that, you know, how he was built as a coach. I just want to know, JJ, did you add that outro music or did he steal no, some that's, music that's from that's Exile That's uh, yeah. He yeah. put the... Uh, wow. On, or, uh, what, what are do the you call odds? It? What, what song is that? Dre Day? Yeah. I'm trying no. to think of which... Well, no, that's a, it's Snoop Dogg song? Well, it's Isley Brothers, actually. They, they sampled it. Oh, oh okay. I apologize for the original. Dan By the way, Lanning, we have, we have, a quick, uh, we have another quick, real quick, that, JJ. Okay. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Quinn Ewers has announced he is staying at Texas mm-hmm. for next mm-hmm. season. So the SEC, oh boy, mm-hmm. it's gonna get it's gonna get very interesting next year when they hit 16 teams, and you've got a bunch of good to elite quarterbacks <clears throat> on maybe probably more than half the teams in the league. And let's yeah. pair that with why would Sarkeesian leave? For Alabama, then. Well, I mean, to be fair, because Texas, it's Alabama. Texas is probably a better job in Alabama. To be fair, well, it's they're deep, right there together. Yeah, it, it it's so funny because if you think about this, wait a minute. You just said mm-hmm. Texas is better than Alabama. What the h are you talking about? Well, Alabama has accomplished a lot, and you keep asking those boosters and whatnot to go back to the well. And like we said, 
following greatness is not a great gig necessarily because you got to follow it with something. Yeah, and Alabama, at Texas. Well, the expectation you get to do you get to do everything for the first time in a long yeah. time. I mean, okay? the expectations well, at Alabama are win. Well, if you yeah. don't win, it's a tragedy. Yeah. And then but, even when you do win every game, it's well, you didn't win it this way. Yeah, at cool. Texas, yeah. you're literally at Texas. You have. More resources than Alabama does. More resources than anyone does. And, it's and been two decades. Since and they yes, won it. the bar's way down here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, who? I'm, I'm thinking about this. Who's going to replace Nick Saban? Who has the character to, to go, re- go replace Nick Saban? I mean, this got Lane Kiffin right over it. Yeah, of it's, course it does. It says Lane Kiffin written all over it. It's you not know? just the coaching and following him. It's yeah. also going into that unbelievable. Like you know, when you when we go I down mean, the beach and when it's stormy and you look out at the ocean and it looks like a washing machine. Mm-hmm. That's what Tuscaloosa is every flipping day yeah. mm-hmm. for the fans oh, and, the, yeah. and, the, and the people connected to that program. Listen, they, who, they, who has the ability to go into that program, not only win on Saturdays, but deal with all that nonsense 365 days well, a it's year? It's so funny. Everyone says every SEC fan base is the same thing because there's a churn and a washing machine running right now in Gainesville. They not just, like that. Exact, no, no, I'm just saying it's broken. It's on a spin cycle, and, right. and it won't stop. Cool. And they haven't, they haven't coin a, I mean, does Alabama <laughs> want a guy tweeting oh. out vague hey, things all day? Up. They don't care. Just, like, what, what, trolling they want somebody who's going to win, JJ. I'm just saying, he's the antithesis of Nick Saban. I'm glad you brought that up. He's also a badass because, coach. Uh, Roddy, I'm not saying he's not. I'm yeah. just saying, is Alabama ready for the complete yeah. opposite of Nick Saban? Well, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Instead of like a Dabo, who is Nick Saban-esque. Roddy Nabolsi, who covers the dogs up in Georgia. Tweeted out already an hour ago. If Lane Kiffin gets the Bama job, which could very much happen, does he dial back on social media trolling yes. or does he ramp it up? No, I think he dials back. He dials All right, back. so let's make the X poll, JJ. Yes, I uh, re put it he's out. He's dialed right, back so, at Old Miss. So, well, we could go. Has and- he? Yes, I mean, from FAU. Yesterday when do you do you remember him at it's FAU? It's just that he's not out at the bar. I just at the didn't Grove. care when he was at FAU. But I'm saying, like, even after Lane, or I mean, Dabba, or excuse me, after Nick retires yesterday, he's tweeting random vague stuff at the airport. Like, yeah, I don't he's mind just, that. I don't know why he was here. I, I don't mind it. it either. I think it's great content. But does an Alabama booster no, love that? No, but that's that? why young players, that's why he connects with players, man, because today, he's, hey, he's listen, a guy if, like that. If we've learned anything, today's a different true. dynamic when it Very comes true. to players. Yeah. And, and let's Probably make part it. of the reason why Saban – yeah, tired. Let's, let's make it the ten ten take real quick, and then we'll we'll lay out the X poll because we definitely want to get some reaction. Uh, because you have choices, and we want to know where you're going to go with them. Now, Josie's ten ten take: slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmasters since '68. So, if you think about Sonny's, how long they've been doing it's been decades worth of performance, right? Their record is there; it speaks for itself. And you got Sonny's all over the first coast, so choose them for great barbecue. But legends. They live on in your mind, but it's so hard to duplicate what a legend did. And it's going to be tough for whoever follows either one of these guys. And they may not be long for that job because everyone will expect, hey, Tuscaloosa, we expect from whoever that next guy is to be similar to Saban. Hey, Boston, we expect the next guy to be similar to Belichick. And that is not going to be easy. But appreciate what you saw. Appreciate what you witnessed, enjoyed. Or got mad at because, like I said, I was trying to retire Belichick and save it a long time ago because they just kept winning. So appreciate the greatness that was in your sports world, the time that it was, because we're talking nearly a quarter of a century with Belly, nearly two decades of Nick Saban uh, walking those sidelines, and that's pretty special stuff. Uh, that's the 10-10 take. But on top of that, Leon, a transfer portal, 
a free agency world, uh, a demand now existence for the sports fan. It, it, it is doing something to those old guard yeah, yeah, You know, I can believe I can believe that took its toll. I, absolutely. I mean, paying players, giving them money and all that. Kind of, you you got to remember Nick Saban and guys like that, they're dinosaurs. They, they, they've been used to a certain area, a certain era, uh-huh. and then a certain athlete. And then now in this new age with the money and the kids asking for this and that or whatever, I mean, I'm not – I'm only speculating. I mean, right. I, I, listen – Coaches love nothing more than to have control. You they, got that one. That's number one. They want to have control of your mind and your body. Mm-hmm. And you you spending money, I mean, with NIL and these kids asking for this, that, whatever. I mean, I'm sure that's had to take its toll on them. I mean, listen, the reason why I have the utmost respect for a guy like Nick Saban because he reminds me of someone I played with, right. with Coach Johnson. Yeah. I mean, you talking about, I tell people all the time, I learned how to be a champion at Miami. And the reason why I learned it because Jimmy Johnson, and probably like Nick Saban, he stresses his athletes. All right, do me a favor. Just name two or three top of your mind players that were with you that won natties. Two or three that. Sapp and Michael Irvin. Okay, all right. So let's go Leon, Sapp, Michael Irvin, all right? Mm-hmm. And this is the difference in today's world versus your era. Mm-hmm. And this is what I believe Saban and Belichick were dealing with every single day. Every single day. Jimmy Johnson would have to worry about whether or not Warren Sapp, Michael Irvin, Leon Searcy was being offered more to go somewhere else. He didn't have to re-recruit you every single he day. Didn't. He didn't. And that's what that's basically what these coaches are dealing with. Worry now. about hurting your feelings at practice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean it, the way you coach different. and then keeping players. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I listen, these coaching staffs, rosters probably change every day. Yeah. With the NIL, with the transfer portal, all that stuff that factors in or whatever. I don't know a person like Jimmy Johnson who's like more structured, loves control and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he I mean, he would have success, but it will be something dynamic that he would have to deal with on a daily well, basis. Just think about it. You you would like Nick would go sign a signing class and it would be regarded top one, two or three, whatever it was. And then you knew, all right, let's get them in, just like the Dan Lanning uh, sound we had a minute ago. Yeah. You get them all in, and you know you have them because you get to coach and keep them. In today's world, there's no guarantee. Well, 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 well I'm going to give you a quick story of a recruiting process when I was at Miami. We were, we were, me and my good friend Hurley Brown, we were taking out Derrick Brown. Mm-hmm. Derrick Brown was a tight end out of Merritt Island, number one tight end in the state of Florida. Big-time right? player. Came down, ended up going to Notre Dame, came down to Miami. We showed them a good time, whatever, took to the basketball game, but didn't seem to be having a good time. So we we're, so we walking uh, walking back to the campus where we running the Tommy Tuberville, and we said, Coach, you know, because he recruited them. Tommy Tuberville said, we said, Coach, we, we don't know if Derrick Brown's having a good time or not. We, you know, we're not sure if he comes to Miami. Tommy Tuberville said, the hell with him. He said, if he doesn't come to Miami, where we go, we're gonna beat the hell out of him. <laughs> that 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 was you know that, that was, was the approach. If you either come here, when do you go somewhere else, we beat you. So you're saying, in other words, no panic. In no the panic. Coach. No panic. Yeah. I mean, because I mean. It's not. It may be comparable, but that Miami time when I was there was a machine. Yeah. You want to know how recruiting yeah. visits work nowadays? Huh. Uh, me and my dad or my lawyer or whatever, we walk in with Coach Saban, and he shows us around, and I sit down and I say, hey, Miami offered me this, and Ohio State right. offered the me envelope. this, and so how much are you going to give me? It's got to drive a coach crazy. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And it, a 17-year-old. It, it does render them, and like I said, it's one thing, even if you did that, right? Even if you navigated the NIL and you said, here's your check and this and that, you can't count on that guy staying. Mm-mm. You can't. 
And it's a, a, a day to a week to a month to a season. You don't know. Because his people are in his ear. Yeah, you better believe it. And you, his family. Yeah, you better believe it. All right, now hit the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010, uh, because we'll talk Belichick and Saban, but set up the X-Poll with Saban. Yeah, who do you think would be the best fit, best hire for Alabama? Question of the day brought to you by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. I have taken out Dan Lanning after the news that he's returning to Oregon. So I have yeah. Kiffin, Norvell, Dabo, and I put Dion in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right now, Kiffin's leading 46%. Dabo second, close with Norvell. A lot of people, when I put the first poll out with Lanning, were just like, please do not take Norvell. Uh-huh. This would be like the worst two months in worth Florida State history. It's yep. funny you bring that up he's because the list, there are some odds that have been – reporting that Mike Norvell at plus 150, including one that our own Rick Ballou, who of course follows the Knowles better than any of us, just yeah. pointed out. Um, there's also a couple different uh, odds bet makers out there that have taken the odds for the next Alabama coach off the board. That's according to Dan Thompson. Um, they've pulled it off a couple different boards, which would suggest, Matt, the pick has been made. Uh, is, there, uh, is there I, I, white smoke coming out of yeah. some barbecue restaurant in, in Tuscaloosa <laughs> right Archibald, now? Yeah. So you're telling me Mike Shula is coming back? Is that what you're telling me right now? That it's a given? It's done? It's <laughs> I, over? I, just, I honestly think it's – Mike think Shula. Dabo's the first call. When, when Dabo says no, I think it's going to basically come down to Kiffin or Norvell. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's what, what – if you're Greg Byrne and you're looking at it, okay – Greg you Byrne, the athletics someone, director. Yeah, the athletics director at Alabama. You're looking at you want someone with the SEC experience. You want someone who can recruit. Um, you want someone who's proven he can win in the league. You want all those things, which is what he tweeted out yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he wants to get it done quickly. The only way you get all those things that he tweeted out, experience in the league, great recruiter, knows how to build a program, has one in the league. Right. It's Kiffin. Now, if you don't want to deal with Kiffin because you don't want to deal with all the other things that come with Kiffin. Yeah, the explosives. Which, by the way, have been greatly reduced since he's been to Ole Miss. Yeah. Which also, by but the way, he if, tweeted if you, out a picture that he was in Jacksonville yesterday. Yeah, right, exactly. which is, I don't, I don't know if Pup Howard is signed or not with Florida, yeah. but I don't know why else he's in Jacksonville. Um, so, officially signed, I should say. He yeah. might have committed. I don't know if he's officially yeah. signed. Um, I, I think it's either going to be Kiffin because he checks every box you have, mm-hmm. or if you, can't, if you feel like you can't deal with that, then you got to go, go with a guy like Norvell. Now, he's not won in the SEC, but he's proven he can build a program, a big program, a major program. And a track. He's proven he can won at a major – he's won in a major program. Now, the question then becomes is what's he going to be in the SEC? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's – I mean, it's – he – Greg Burns in an interesting spot right now because I think probably in his head he probably wants Dabo, but I don't think Dabo's going to take it. Mm-hmm. I, if I'm Dabo and Dabo, let's just remind everybody, a former Crimson Star – Crimson Tide star Formal and a walk-on, walk-on turned hero, yeah, a walk-on, a great story, and and Dabo is now more certainly identified with Clemson fans than Alabama fans, but they also know if Nick ever left, who would you want to call first? And a lot of people would say Dabo, but you have to make that decision: Are you going to follow the goat? Uh, are you going to be able to keep it up? And Dabo has dabbled in the transfer portal and hasn't necessarily been as successful as he'd like to be. Listen to these numbers. This is what you have to follow, all right? As the Alabama head coach, forget about his overall record, which was 292-71-1. At Alabama, he was 201-29. And 201-29. The numbers are sick. It's almost a 10-to-1 ratio, wins to losses, six natties, and when you think about what he did, had he made it to the college football playoff, or excuse me, the national championship, because he did make it to the CFP, he would have been in 50% of the BCS 
in college football national championship games in the last dozen years. It's just how about this one? Or he, excuse me, he the won, last decade. It's it's crazy. He won while at Alabama nine SEC titles. The rest of the SEC yeah. won seven. Yes. How about he won a national title with every single recruiting class? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. able to tell everyone that he goes into their homes. Hey, I'm gonna. You're gonna win at least one national title if you play here. Yeah, and this is a 72 year old man. Yeah. That, that's crazy. Yeah, 72 year old man that doesn't look like he's he's losing a step in any he way, shape, great. or form. Like we could sit here and say, Hey, is Bill Belichick gonna go somewhere else? Is he gonna be able to find the quarterback? All this kind of stuff. Uh, Nick can walk in anywhere. Now, I don't think he will. I think he's now happy uh, to work the lake, but. That guy has or work at Espen. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah, you know he'll do circulating that. Circulating from front office sports that he's going to step in for Lee Corso. Yeah, he, you, you can easily assume that he has. He has made time to be on that set every year. He knows exactly. And and by the way, people have nominated him for the to be the czar of college football. I'd vote for that. He doesn't want any part of that. I know, but I would vote for it. <laughs> I'm I would down vote for it. that, too. Yeah. All right, let's keep it going. XL Primetime. Uh, we've got all this to get into. You guys definitely offer it up. Hit the text line uh, or go to YouTube, search Tencent XL, uh, and throw a comment there, you know, who you got heading to Tuscaloosa. And, and by the way, Tuscaloosa Tears, if you guys want to come in, I don't mind. I don't mind because now you got to follow uh, the GOAT with somebody else. It'll be difficult to see him in a cutoff hoodie on the sideline, but I will always continue wish him continued success, except when he's playing our beloved Patriots. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. Robert Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick meeting with reporters about 35 minutes ago. Just a statement from each of those men with Robert Kraft expected to answer questions from reporters a little bit later in the program. Keep or Later in the program. Yeah. Later in the day. Keep your head on a swivel, he probably, folks. He probably wanted to go somewhere, relieve some stress. You know, like just massage and then He probably and then wants back. to like space it out so the Frangie show has some content when they take over for us yeah. at 3 o'clock. He's just looking out for all of us. This is XL Primetime on a beautiful Thursday here in Duval County. We are with you until 3 p.m. Unfortunately, no more Jaguars programming on Thursdays, which means you get us for three full hours. Mia O'Brien, Josie, Matt Hazley on Cersei, and JJ LaSelva keeping you updated the very latest as we say farewell, at least in their current form to three of the most legendary head coaches of the last 20 years in Pete Carroll with the Seattle Seahawks officially parting ways around 2 p.m. yesterday. The news late yesterday afternoon that Nick Saban had retired from coaching and from the University of Alabama and now officially the news that the Patriots and Bill Belichick have mutually agreed to part ways after 24 years. From that bite you just played, JJ, it sure as heck sounds to me like Robert Kraft knows Bill Belichick's Mm -hmm. not done coaching. Yeah, there's uh, no question. As soon as he said it, and I was waiting to hear him say it, and I do believe that both parties, meaning Bill Belichick and the Patriots, they needed to move the timeline up, Leon, for obvious reasons. There's a bunch of openings out there, which means everyone's going to be aggressive in terms of trying to land their coach, a.k.a. Jim Harbaugh, you know, whoever it might be, that hot name. And Kraft can't sit back and let Bill wonder whether or not he wants to stay or go, and Bill can't sit back and wonder whether Kraft wants to keep him or toss him. Well, listen, Bill's been in this game long enough to where he's only a, well, 
a few seasons away from being the all-time leader in wins as far as a head coach goes. He's I mean, either going to end up as the all-time loser or he the all-time be both. winner. He could yeah. be both. He could be. He yeah, could be right. one in one category and one in the other category. <laughs> I just don't see Bill Bill Belichick just walking away in the, in the, in the dusk or the uh, or the dawn or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he into the sunset. Yeah, walking to the sunset. There it is. Thank you, JJ. I mean, I, if he feel if he feels like I mean, this is man. This man's been doing this all his life, half his yeah. life. You know, he's been coaching, and then we we tried to figure out what's Nick Saban going to do once he's away from Alabama. Bill Belichick's the same thing. These guys, you don't think been, I'd be good on TV? Yeah, oh, he's going to be, be great. Yeah, on he'd be ESPN. great on TV, absolutely. And every time these they guys ask him about been, this game, he go. These guys the have been in, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, no, dude. Now you actually exactly. have to talk about the game. <laughs> these guys have been entrenched in football for uh, three, four, five decades or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I mean, and. And they have routines. They have routines. These guys probably get up in the mo- three in the morning and don't get back home until nine or ten. Right. Belichick was like with his forty year old wife. She's gonna look at him like, "What are you doing here?" The thing is, though, is, is I don't know if you guys ever saw the saving <laughs> I got and, things to do. Saving and Belichick yeah. uh, thing that I believe it was NFL Films did. Mm-hmm. It was phenomenal. Yeah. They were sitting in Saban's office talking. Oh, and I saw some of that. Yeah, I'm very, telling very you right good. now, Belichick would be a great analyst on ESPN. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if he has the temperament or the patience to do it or to do it how they want it done. But, my God. I mean, Imagine the scene, Stephen I'm A. Smith right now, sitting man. across I know. from him. But, but, I mean, I'm telling you right now, man, listening First to those take. two talk football is yeah. – because it, because it kind of, like, balances the line between football and life, and it's unreal listening to them talk. Maybe we get rid of Stephen A. and we put those two together on first take. Yeah. Sorry, Stephen A. We love yeah. you, um, especially after some Semi. of your crypt- cryptic tweets yesterday. Yeah. Um, my question is, with regards to the Bill Belichick-Nick Saban dynamic, had they talked about this before? Because isn't it fascinating that we waited till Thursday to hear the news of the Patriots mutually agreeing to part ways? The Nick Saban bombshell drops the night before. There's also a video circulating around the internet of Kirby and Nick Saban at the SEC championship game shaking hands during pregame. And the look on Kirby's face, many believe that that was Nick telling him, this is it. Yeah. This is the last time. Oh, very well could be. Or Nick also said, I'm too old for this. You may be right, I'm too old for this. Yeah. Right. Or do we think that this was just completely out of the blue? What is what is your estimation right now, Matt? I don't I don't I I think he's probably been thinking about it for a while. Um I I don't think the loss to Michigan had anything to do with it. I don't think beating Georgia had anything to do with it. I think at some point he and Terry, his wife, sat down and they looked at each other and said, "All right, I think it's time," and that's it. Oh, I still think I still think losses have everything to do with it. Do you? I, I really do. No, because, I, I don't think so. Uh, because look, because then he would have uh, left after 2013 after that well, devastating no, 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 no. I'm just saying when you reach a point, it's the accumulation of everything, and I think losses do count in his head uh, as far as making He's, decisions. I mean, you know, what counts more. 16-hour days that he puts in. He's 72 I, I, years old, I, to- man. I totally get it, but let me tell you something. If he had won the Natty and they went to overtime and Jalen Milrow decides to run into retires. a sea of people, we don't know that he would be the- stepping away. I think he still retires if he wins the Natty. I, don't I think know. it was just I, time. Yeah. Hey, it would be great to ride out on the white horse and, and uh, as, a, as a champion. I get all that. But don't think for a moment that losses don't eat at these guys and make and help them make a decision on whether they still have it or not. I, I believe that. I just want to give a shout out to uh, NBC New York, of course, my preferred station when I am at home in New Jersey. This is their headline. Mm-hmm. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Hashtag breaking. Bill Belichick, who lost two Super Bowls to the Giants, expected oh to part ways God. with the Patriots yeah. later today. Reports say it. as twenty-four year tenure ends with regular season loss. 
to the New York Jets. I would never quit pointing it out. If I'm if I'm New York uh, versus New England, which is always a great sports uh, town rivalry, New York versus Boston, I'd never quit pointing it out. So listen to this real quick. Let, mm-hmm. Let's go over this real quick. The 22 coaches who beat Nick, okay? Yeah. This, this, this is actually very, very interesting. Gus Malzahn, three mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Les Miles, three times. Dabo, twice. Urban, twice. Hugh Freeze, twice. And then everybody else is once. Sylvester Kern. Matt, uh, Mark Rick. Mm-hmm. Bobby Bowden. First year, if you remember, that was the neutral site here in Jacksonville. It was right here. It was yep. a great, great Sylvester great Kroon at Mississippi State. Yep, Sly. This is one that no one will ever get. Charlie Weatherby at yeah. Louisiana Monroe. That was the, the La loss, Monroe game. And the o- loss that Saban famously referred to as Pearl Harbor. Was that 07? <laughs> that was 07. 07. Right? Yeah. That was 07, 21 Hyperbole. The Hang last on, there's more. There's more amazing. that you guys are going to go, whoa. Tommy Tuberville. First year. Yeah, okay, okay. I was trying to remember the timeline. Kyle Whittingham, Mm -hmm. Spurrier, Chiswick, Kevin Sumlin, Bob Stoops, Ed Orgeron. Yeah. And that was a hell of a game. Ed Orgeron. That was like 41-45 or something. 46-41. They won the natty. Jimbo Fisher. Kirby Smart. Mm -hmm. Only once. So Jimbo and Sumlin, both of them won one Basically, one game, right? Against, Correct. At, Correct. For, uh, at A and M against him, and then here's where it gets a little. You know, the car starts going off the track a little bit. Uh-huh. Josh Heupel, well, Brian, Brian Kelly, yeah, great win. Yeah. Brian Kelly, both those, both game those losses. Yeah. Steve Sarkeesian, Jim Harbaugh, in three of his last, the four last four guys they lost to. Okay, last mm-hmm. four coaches he lost to. Their last play of the game, Tennessee, LSU, Michigan. Yeah, the last great. play of the game. And when it's when it's all said and done, and we had a 24 hours that I don't think too many uh, Duval Nooners will forget as far as Pete Carroll, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick all stepping away, before this weekend is over, Harbaugh can step away as well. And so you could have two of your four college totally football playoff coaches that. gone. Okay, One to walk off into the sunset or walk to the lake or, and the other one to walk back into the National Football League. Two of the four easily could happen. Do you think that Harbaugh is going to announce I'm leaving for the NFL without a destination, or will he wait until that destination taken, is confirmed? I, you know, it's so funny because the AD, they need to. JJ and I were talking about this. All these NFL teams need to fulfill the Rooney Rule. Like yeah. they can't just say, "Yep, we're, exactly. we're going Harbaugh." Like exactly. they have to interview multiple candidates. And that's why we heard the cir- the cycle and circle of candidates really ramp up yesterday because Jacksonville was denied permission to interview a defensive coordinator. You're looking at minority hires or. Minority Minority interviews that have to take place. I mentioned Leslie Frazier yesterday, who I'm high on, talking to one of our uh, mutual friends, Leon, that uh, threw his name out, and I immediately said, okay, that makes a lot of sense to me. And and so bottom line is, is that they, like Arthur Blank wants Jimmy Harbaugh. The Chargers want Jimmy Harbaugh. New England now at least needs to consider it, although Gerard Mayo is considered one of the favorites there. Anyway, you can go down the line with the people that want to get that big. That yeah, big I mean, hire. listen, I mean, I, I can appreciate the Rooney Rule. It's an effort to make sure minorities get higher. But mm-hmm. at sometimes, at some particular moment, you look at it as like them just meeting a quota. It's true. It is. You know, you because, are because they're bringing guys just to make sure that they meet the qualifications right. of the rule without seriously considering them. Right. Did we and satisfy then they are, the and rule? Then, yeah. And then, and then who they really want, they interview and hire. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, 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 it sounds good, but far too often, it, you know, it doesn't. It, it I don't cheapens think it, it. It does. I, it does I, cheapen. Yeah. I, I, I can't argue with that at all because it, it there was a time when, remember Sherm Lewis, and we're going back, 
mm-hmm. that everyone thought him to be a hot candidate. And then he just basically was an interview guy that you would say, hey, yeah, we satisfied the Rooney rule, which is a gut punch, okay, because there's a lot of minority yeah. uh, coaches that are looking for opportunities. And I, I love the storylines of guys that want to move up. Paul Spicer's one of my favorites. And, you know, guys like that need an opportunity to move up. But at the same time, like Leslie Frazier decided to step away from the game, mm-hmm. extremely qualified, up in age, but still could go out there. The reason why I like him and gravitate to that name is because he can man the defense, and he has had opportunities to be a head coach. He just hasn't been successful. Okay. Well, the only thing that's going to really change that as far as it is when ownership and, and, and general managers mm-hmm. are no longer the minority when it comes to hire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. You, so, yeah, they got to be – when they're in positions of power to hire, then then maybe, you know, then, then they're adequately hired the right person sure. instead of meeting some kind of – And, quote. like, Shad Khan's a minority owner. And so Absolutely. he understands it as well as anybody. And he's mm-hmm. willing to give opportunities to, to guys and, and give them a chance to come in. But it, it all goes back to what we said. you you got to be the man. Now, sometimes these are impossible situations. Steve Wilkes – it's one and done in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Pretty unfair situation, but it just that's just the way it was. And they went out and took a swing at a at a guy that didn't make a whole lot of sense to anybody um, in the NFL world when they went out and got Cliff Kingsbury. Worked for a little bit, but didn't work for long. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know exactly where they're going to go, but I do hope th- those guys get as many opportunities as possible. But Frazier, among others, definitely are going to be looked at here. The text line, my people, my good people. Uh, Dom Capers or Rex Ryan? Sexy Rexy. Dom? Yeah. Not the back, Dom. Yeah. Back to the, the future. Yeah, Dom, Not Dom, the Dom. Yeah, Dom was dominating in Leon's era. You right. want to talk about staying yeah, I get the sentiment. You want to go old school. I get that. But, like, look, I think the oldest school that they would go would be Mike Zimmer or Wink Martindale. Yeah. Like, that's and, as old school as you're going to get. And that's the Vic Fangio. Ron Rivera's pretty old. Yeah. That's, the, that's and, true, too. Now, Rivera, how old is he, uh, JJ? I'm guessing uh, early 60s. Does he Just still want to coach? 62. Okay. 62? Yeah. He'd and so, I Doug. don't know that he would walk out of that commander's job and immediately get right back. Well, how old is He's Fangio? not going to get hired. How old is Fangio? Fangio's in his No, 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 no. Okay. Defensive right. coordinator here. Yeah. I'm just saying he yeah. probably would have to take a job like that. Yeah, but I'm Does saying- he want a coach? Because, like, Frank Reich is Yeah, like, he might retire. Let's address right, the Frank take- Reich part of this, too, because, like, people have been, like, circulating the, the speculation of if Doug's talking to him. Yeah. At least publicly, Frank Reich has said he wants to retire, and he's 60-something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the, more than anything else, a Rivera or a Reich can collect their money for a year. And then figure out. Yeah, they don't have to get do. right back in. The yeah, game. and well, so they're, they're not desperate. None of I, these guys. I mean, if we're, going Dom, if we're going Dom and Rex Ryan, you know, you know Jack, Jack is out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, hey, hey. we're overthinking it. We are overthinking it. Dave Campo. He's well, we here. Did our, He's a good guy. We did our Campo and Joe podcast on Tuesday, and uh, Spielberg had to ask him just to clarify his uh, candidacy. And, and Dave says, I'm not a candidate. Did he? Oh, he put out a Dan Lanning type YouTube video. I think he should. I think we need to put one together. Actually, yeah. that actually made. I'm gonna write him walking yeah. his dog. Hold yeah. on, we need to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna make a note to the going into the meeting team. room. Um, note to self. I, I do want to address as we run through, you know, the litany of candidates the Jaguars could potentially be speaking. Yeah, because that's the candidate um, I think most people care about. Right. I, I think because six seven three just texted in and asked about Leslie Frazier runs a four three. We have three four personnel. Just saying. Um, number one, we there, don't. There are people <laughs> who would do. argue. Number, there are people number one who would argue that. Yeah. You don't. You actually have 4-3 personnel, so let's start with that. And number two, I've had conversations with several people at the Miller Electric Center, and they have said that 
in this day and age and knowing the way that Doug Peterson views the National Football League, and you can see this with how they've drafted and how they've built this roster, you're in nickel and dime so much, your base truly doesn't matter that much. No. And Leon said it's it too. They were in the bear in the bear crime. Yeah, you have it in the bear front most of the season. Right. Especially so, on a third down situation. So the three four versus the four three is irrelevant, in my opinion. Although, like, yes, you, you can consider it philosophically, sure. But I mean, look at Wink Martindale. Ran so much press man in Baltimore, went to New York, recognized the personnel, still tried to run a lot of press man, but also said, you know what, let me zone it a little bit just because of who we have and what our strengths are. So I think that whoever you hire will adapt. And Lord knows the way uh, Trent Baalke was drafting linebackers the last couple of drafts. uh, He's ready for a 1-7, basically the way he's running things right now uh, because he drafted a first – moved up to draft a first-round linebacker, then drafted his backup in the third round, and then in the fourth round the following draft went out and got another inside linebacker. Makes sense out of that. Uh, So – They've got to they've got to drill down on that, but unfortunately for Doug, at least the way things sit right now, if we use Leslie Frazier as an example, he has to wait out the head coach hiring cycle, especially if you're going to get a what you would view as a proven quantity, a bigger name on the defensive side. He's got to wait out the hiring cycle. Now there aren't as many defensive guys that are going to lasso these big head coaching jobs. I totally get that, but they will be in the interview process. And so that's the part that you got that you have to battle and figure out exactly what you're going to do. All right, six four one ten ten. You guys, let us know where you're at on that, and then obviously, uh, you know, the replacements uh, for Nick Saban. If you're just tuning in, Dan Lanning has already removed himself from at least the chatter and conversation uh, in the cycle right now, as he says he's happy and will stay at Eugene in Eugene as long as they'll have it. And that is our question of the day, brought to you by Beaver Toyota on X. We have nearly 200 votes cast. Lane Kiffin leading the way. 45% of you believe he would be the best hire for Alabama. We do have one uh, vote that has been replied to. If, if yeah. you don't like any of the four names that JJ picked, one. replied. Um, at BVBMI, I don't even know how to pronounce that, says Press Taylor yeah. for Alabama <laughs> head coach. Yeah, get him on out. Get them on out. You always want to recommend somebody that you wouldn't recommend for yourself uh, and uh, to get them to the either the opposition or out of town, whatever it might be. But Mike Norvell is definitely an interesting one uh, because he has now been in a position for a lengthy, uh, a, a long enough time where if he left, you wouldn't be shocked. He didn't just come and go. Dan Lanning's been in his post for two years, two seasons. Norvell obviously has been up in Tallahassee longer, survived the pandemic built up a transfer portal and a recruiting class, certainly can can work with uh, the quarterback the way he worked with Jordan Travis. So there's a lot of pluses for him. Uh, Lane, there's very few negatives for him other than he can be sensational at times. He can be a, a, a loose cannon at times. Uh, but other than that – Defenses suck. Yeah, but you know what? If you think about his defenses here of late, A, the running game improved with Lane in Oxford, more than I think people may be willing to acknowledge – and then when he went out and got Pete Golding, which, by the way, was a save and cast off, he did okay on the defensive side of the ball. And so right now, in today's SEC, used to be all defense and run. It's less defense and less run. Matt, am I wrong? It's more, I mean, you better figure out how so, you can style it up for the recruit, for the player, for everybody. He, he has struggled to build a defense that can stop people at Ole Miss because – it's hard to recruit to Ole Miss. Yes, yes. Okay? So if you're going to recruit there, you're going to get the stars on offense. It's not difficult to recruit to Alabama. Yeah. Um, it, it's Look, he's he's now doing it with the portal, and he's trying to, like everyone else, trying to figure out the portal and trying to figure out the guys 
who are committed to actually going and playing for a year and putting in the investment of doing it. Some mm-hmm. guys just want to get there and get the money and get out. So he looks like he's got a team right now that can make some noise next year. Mm-hmm. But you get to Alabama, it's a completely different thing. Then defense is the guys you recruit, the guys you develop, the guys that organically grow within your system. Mm-hmm. You're not every single year letting guys go in the portal and then trying to get other guys in the portal and doing your best to sign a five-star linebacker like Sundarin Perkins, who he signed last year, who will develop and will be a great player, mm-hmm. but that's one out of 12 guys, or 11 guys on your defense. Right, yeah. And that's so we're you, assuming yeah. Bama's going to recruit itself still. Well, I think, For the most first part. off, he's a really good recruiter, Kiffin is. So I think when he gets to Alabama, that level will still stay the, stay the same. Okay. Yeah. Well, 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 what about what about the assistance? He I was mean, great. By the way, JJ, at USC, <clears throat> he was elite as far as recruiting. And they had NCAA sanctions on him. Now, now, well, I agree that he's a great recruiter, but Saban is Saban. Yeah, Saban is – there's no, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. Now, now, what about the, the Alabama assistants? I mean, I, I mean – they're they're, they're all waiting right now to see who gets the whoever job gets and, the job they're going to interview. Well, I mean, I'm well, Kevin Steele already left, so he's yeah. the, the DC left. He left, um, left. And Tommy Reese has got to be going. What in the world's going on? Yeah. I'll tell you that. And for Kevin Steele, that was the third trip through Tuscaloosa, so this is nothing mm-hmm. new to him. He packs his bags, he unpacks, but Tommy Reese is like, yeah, I I, I made a move. Now well, the next guy's going to have to make a decision whether they want to keep. Well, well I'm just I'm just I'm just thinking now. As far as the athletic director goes, I mean, is there anybody there that's a mainstay? That you know, no that matter what, have. they have to because you look at Florida State, you look at Odell Hagan, and mm-hmm. no matter what coaching right. staff comes through, there holdover, he's he has he, to be there. he's going to be there. Right. So I mean, there, is there anybody on that staff that's been with Nick so long that no matter who comes in, on they're not staff? going anywhere? I yeah. don't think so. No. And you know what's so funny, Leon? Yeah. If you go back over the time, especially over the last I don't know half dozen seasons, and I'm looking at Matt when I say this, over a half dozen seasons, maybe eight seasons, he lost like 26 assistants. I mean, people. Mm-hmm. Either he told them to leave or they left. They left for opportunity, Kirby, and then Kirby started pulling some of those guys or other guys just got ran off. And so his the, the time with Nick for some of them wasn't the best, and so they didn't stick around or they didn't perform well enough. He kept P- Pete Golden for a long time, and then they finally ran him out. All right, so uh, into the 1 o'clock hour, staying on these two hot topics. Your Jaguars obviously uh, are a hot topic as well, so let's keep it rolling with that. we got to look at the playoffs. The Pacifico push to the playoffs, so we'll start breaking down those games coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. It's XL Primetime. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. We are the dudes. I'm not going to follow that with he is the sausage. I'm just going to say thank you, Sausage Dudes, for bringing lunch with Leon. It's XL Primetime. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Surs, and JJ. Uh, first hour spent on uh, on walking away, uh, stepping away. Uh, Bill Belichick made it official earlier today. Presser. Uh, in the noon hour, more to come, I'm thinking, from New England and from Belly. Uh, but then Nick Saban yesterday shocked us all. Uh, you know, it's so funny. Frank Frangi came in yesterday. He goes, were you shocked uh, about Pete Carroll stepping away? I said, no, surprised, but not shocked. Then I was shocked with Saban. There's no question about it. But mm-hmm. with all this, like, departure, uh, we failed to say thank you. Uh, uh, our fourth down and damn uh, success story continues because Big Sirs, every time – uh, he finds out how many books are sold. He brings in the chicken. And a round yeah. of applause. I share because I care. You know, yeah. anytime I get my book royalties, you know, yeah. I, 
when you give, when you get, yeah. it's good to give. Get in my belly. You know, so, you know, I and, love and, it. And I went, I went to go see the tight lady. Yeah. And if people don't know who the tight lady is. The tight lady is a la- is, is a, a a lady that worked the training table at Miami when I was there. Yeah. And she always used to work the afternoon shift or whatever in the evening or the evening afternoon shift. Mm-hmm. And when we get give her our tray. You know, she said, "You want me to tighten you up, baby?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." So we gave her affectionately the name "Tight Lady." Yeah. So anybody that tightens me up when I go because she'd hook up the tray. Yeah, hooks it you up. She the hooks best you up. Name. So I went. So I went to the tight lady today, and she asked me, "Did I get any? Baby, you get any size today?" I said, "No, I just got chicken." She said, "Okay," because you know the tight lady usually throws in a wing and there some extra biscuits. Oh, she threw me. a lot. I of don't want to say location because I want no. I no. want nothing to happen to the tight lady. We only. Yeah, we only know where the tight lady is at. Whatever. So. So, um, you know, I felt kind of bad because I know my man Matt is here and on this pro team. He's losing a lot of weight. So I felt bad eating broccoli the chicken. Awaken I 180. Felt, yeah, I'm exactly. eating 180 of exactly. his pieces. So I, so I felt bad when I brought the chicken in because I know he's on the Awaken 180. He's devoted. He's devoted. He's lost weight. Both of us lost a lot of weight. He's walking it, it, down the hall earlier. It looks like a shadow of his form. It does. Self. It does. You know, you know, like, I whistle. You know, like, like you. You know, like you, we've lost half of ourselves. Yeah, Leon can afford to yeah. eat chicken today because he's I, going to the gym. Yeah, later. I'm going to the gym. And speaking of the gym, I, I mean, <laughs> I was at the gym on Monday, right? So I'm finishing up my workout. And I'm a stickler on people that just sit on the machines and on their phones and do absolutely nothing. That drives me freaking crazy. Gym etiquette. All right. Yeah. So yeah. I was waiting on to do my flies. I'm sitting at the chair. I'm sitting in the chair patiently waiting on this guy, and he's doing the flies, right? So I'm just giving him the business inside of me. I'm not saying anything outside of mm-hmm. me. So I'm giving him the business, whatever, and I say, okay, finally he's got getting off the chair, right? So when he gets up off the seat, whatever, he goes around the corner, he grabs his stick. The guy's blind. <laughs> oh, oh, he guy's never blind. saw you standing oh, the guy, there. The guy's saw. blind, bro. And so I'm, I'm, the, I'm in my mind, I'm giving this man the business about, you know, getting on the machine. Give me, give me my time. Hey, he's he's tapping away, and I walk by and I say, he's saying, how you doing, big fella? I said. I'm doing fine, sir. <laughs> I say, are you finished? Yeah, I'm finished enough. Your turn. I say, okay, all right. And the he whole time, sensed you. He sensed me. You know what? He might even sensed what was he like burning your his, anger. He did. Maybe he bro. listens he to primetime and he heard your you, voice. Bro, you have no idea how bad it felt. That's the bro. sixth sense right oh, there. You know, but he still took too long. <laughs> how small did you feel? Uh, I just feel that's why. For a minute, I said, oh, okay. All right, I'm glad you're off the machine. See, remember, I do. remember the old Flintstones episode where Fred was sitting in a chair and he was embarrassed by something and he just kept shrinking smaller and smaller and smaller. Wouldn't me. Was that wouldn't you? That wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. And, and look, I told you. I ain't blind or not, yeah. you still need that. I know, you got Jim you know. Come on now. I totally quickly. get it. And look, you you need to obviously be. JJ, did kidding. you hear what JJ yeah, just yeah, said? That's harsh. <laughs> Blind or not, you still need gym yeah. etiquette. <laughs> and, and and I choose to tell Leon, you did the right thing, sir. You, uh, you, yeah, you yes. you felt bad. I don't know whether I JJ would have. But, I would have. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but, but you would not. But the thing is, is that you're you know you're right. Give you know respect and all that kind of stuff, time, which is great. But now to the other part of it, the gym etiquette. Yeah. When they don't wipe off. Uh, the seat, yeah. they don't wipe off the, the machines. Yeah. Terrible. I mean, come well, well, I had another guy, too, when I was working out, come up to me and say, hey, uh, uh, how many more sets you got? I said, I, I got one more set. He said, Whoa. well, it seems like you've been on there a long time. I said, well, you the gym police? <laughs> I said, I'll be finished with my, I looked at him, I'll be finished with this now, my last Now, imagine if you would have said that to the blind Oh, no, yeah, that would be bad. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but this how guy, about the guy? This guy was just a jerk. All right, how about the guy? Hey, there are sweaters, right? Mm-hmm. We know that. We know who they are. They sweat more than most. And 
they use two. I think Leon knows that better than any yeah, of us. Yeah, true, true. But they use two exercises, machines, weights, whatever, at the same time. <sighs> yeah. Because, Dude, because you know what they're I doing? Hate... They're grinding, right? Yeah. So they do three uh, three sets of each, true. but 60 seconds. They And they go over here and do the other one, and they, build, they take up both machines and leave them all sweaty, too. Well, yeah, that guy, and I hate the guy that, that lifts too much and lets the weight slam and makes a noise. Ah, I mean, bro, that's too heavy for you. See all the right? sign? Yeah, <laughs> that's too heavy for you. Well, they do it at, uh, what is that, he does, he does one, they make he does, sure you don't do that. Yeah, he does one or two two reps, and then he drops, ah, like he's doing something. I said, get the lighter weight and do more reps. Yeah, What's exactly. wrong with you? Yeah, come See, on. Part of it's a little show off. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, because TLD was on the machine one day. She texts me. She goes, uh. There's a groaner next to me, and I'm like, "What?" And she says, "No, it doesn't have anything to do with that." She just said he just will not quit groaning over the hard work he's putting no, in. Who was the female yeah. tennis player who had the she oh. groaned every time? Oh yeah, Sharapova. There's plenty of them. And by the way, it didn't match her at all. It really didn't. You know, like mm. in other words, if you were going to pick someone that every time she on her backswing would make the yellow was not Maria Sharapova. Yes, it did match yeah. her. Yeah, uh, well, I can think actually. of other ones that uh, you know. Uh, just that slightly different. Slightly I'm not talking different. about the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know, I know. It just did not match her. It did not match her. All right. Now we're trying to play matchmaker when it comes to Alabama uh, and the next Nick Saban. I don't know if there's such a thing, the next Nick Saban. Uh, but give us the ex poll, JJ. Yes. Who do you think would be the best hire for Alabama? Question today brought to you by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. So we know it's not going to be Dan Lanning. Well, so I let's put- specify that, by the way, JJ, because. There were reports last night of the plane. Yeah, there was like he a. He was in a, Tuscaloosa. People love to travel, or oh, people love to follow, follow like um, private planes. Yep. So, and where they take off from. There was one from Eugene last night. And then it was taken off the board. I didn't know planes could be taken off the board like odds. Um, Matt Zenitz of 247 Sports, I hope I pronounced that right, said that at the time the reports were coming out about Dan Lanning being in Tuscaloosa last night. Lanning was, in fact, in Eugene watching a Jason Bourne movie with his family. Wow. I wonder what's Better than one. the movie I was watching, I can tell oh you that. Oh, my oh, stop God. It. So we told Matt to watch Apocalypto, and he didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. So overrated. No, How was it overrated? He was working last night. I guarantee you wasn't paying attention yeah, no, to the no, movie. Especially he, I was paying attention. You weren't. You weren't. No, because if you were, subtitles. you would have came in today and said subtitles. it should have won every award. All right, hang on. All right, X-Poll. Yeah, but real quick. <laughs> If you watched it the night before, you were paying attention. Last night, with everything that went down, you were not paying attention. I was paying attention. I call BS. All right, go ahead. All right, watch it again. Um, Who do you think is the best hire for Alabama? Question today brought to you by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. Kiffin, Norvell, Dabo, or Dion, or Coach Prime, as I should have put it. Uh, Kiffin leading the way. Uh, has a pretty considerable margin ahead of second place. 43% for Kiffin, 23% for Dabo, 18 for Norvell, and 14% for Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. All right. so uh, And uh, Herbs and Press Taylor also getting votes in the comments. You know Herbs. Herb. Herb. You know he's definitely <laughs> going to be mentioned. All right. Uh, on X, at 1010XL, uh, let us know there just as far as where you're going with that because uh, all right, think about what has happened here in the last um, – a uh, handful of years when it comes to the SEC. Uh, and and I, I, I won't begin with Billy Napier as one of the marquee hires. I'll probably end with that. But when you take a look at the seismic shift in the SEC, just think about who has been brought in. Now, you have Texas and Oklahoma about to come in, but before that, you had Brian Kelly leave Notre Dame, a flagship football university, to go to LSU. You have Lane Kiffin, 
just a year ago, make a decision to stay at Ole Miss. You have Hugh Freeze, after being summarily dismissed from Ole Miss, go to Liberty, re- quote, reprove himself, and then come back in, and now he's at Auburn. Kirby is ruling the roost. We know that. A&M now dispatches Jimbo Fisher and has Mike Elko. We don't know what Elko is going to be, but what a changing of the guard. And we had steadies, things that you could count on, Matt, for you such a risers, long too. time. You got the risers with Hypel and Drink. Yeah, yeah, you definitely you need guys to include. on the move now. Yeah, Which yeah. we wouldn't have had Drink on the risers list probably a year no, ago. No, he was are. on the hot seat a year yeah. ago. Yeah, and, so I mean, it's and then you've got the old steady the program. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, you know the the, the bourbon and wing wingtip shoes until uh, the Iowa job Mark opens up. Sure, uh, but I, I'm thinking to myself if you if you just take a look at it when he leaves, okay, people are shocked that Nick Saban is gone, but Kirby Smart is still in the SEC and most already expected him to rise to the top. Uh, and so how much will it change going forward if they don't get the right guy if Alabama? doesn't hire the right guy. Well, I mean, we've seen it. Mm-hmm. We've watched it play out. Yeah, when, with when, Mike Price, when, Mike when, Shula. When, when Bear Bryant retired, they didn't get the right guy. You know, Stallings went in there, did a fantastic job, won a national title. Then when he retired, they didn't get the right guy either. Mm-hmm. Mike DeBose, you know, and then you got... Franchoni, the Spaghetti well, Western. Then you, well, then you Mike Price and Franchoni and yeah. all, and Shula. And we see what happens when you don't get... When you don't get the right guy, you have a... Independence Bowl halftime interview with a interim coach who sounds like he's got marbles in his mouth. Dude, that's mm-hmm. one of the funniest clips. Who's one, he's one of the best guys ever, by the way. What's his um, name? It was like Boo something, now. right? Or? No, no, no. He's a longtime SEC defensive coordinator. I can't even remember his name now. Anyway, my point is, we've seen what happens. You end up in an Independence Bowl in December. Mm-hmm. Joe so, Kine. Yes, thank there you, you go. Joe Kine. Yeah. So you, you gotta, you have to. Look at this thing not only short term but long term as well. Mm-hmm. Like you, you need a guy that knows the knows the lay of the land, and can be successful long term. You can't just be a guy you throw in there who doesn't know the lay of the land, doesn't know anything. He's right. just going in there because you think he's a good coach. And that's why we thought Dan Lanning made a heck of a lot of sense because but of where he came from before he went to Oregon. That's also why does Mike Norvell make sense? Has he really <laughs> recruited? where Alabama recruits all well, that much. Well, he is right now with Florida State. There's mm-hmm. no doubt they recruit the same geographic footprint. But and he's recruiting he's, the portal, which has no geography. It yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, he's, but he's never, he's never coached in the SEC. He doesn't, that doesn't mean he can't. I'm just saying he's never coached in the SEC. And, he, mm-hmm. and it, the idea of mm-hmm. competing like that week after week after week is a different animal than in the ACC. It just right. is. And I know ACC, and F- I, FSU and ACC fans are upset when you hear that, but that's the reality. You're 100% correct on that. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, remember all that speculation about a $25 million NIL deal headed his way? Even if it did happen, Marvin Harrison Jr. has said, no thank you, Buckeye Nation. He is entering the 2024 NFL Draft. Mm -hmm. It took him long enough. uh, But to be fair, Buka's coming back. Amigo Buka, which is a... Big move for Ohio State. Ohio State's going to be – they might be the preseason number one next year. Well, we we, we, we did our – you know, who's who's got the best situation? Ohio State will never be off of anyone's top four, at least I don't think so, for a while. Jack Sawyer's coming back. They've got a lot of guys who you thought were leaving that are coming back. All right. Uh, I am looking up the uh, Joe Kine's uh, bio information uh, on Saturday down south, but we know this, that uh, as an interim, 
Uh, he had an opportunity. He was an to, head coach at Arkansas, too. Yeah, yeah. He replaced Mike Shula at Alabama following the, the termination of uh, the end of the regular season in 2006. Anyway, go ahead and hit the interview. Coach Kynes, it's been a while since you were the head coach. What do you tell your team at half? We just got to stop that little inside trap. You know, the option didn't hurt as much. Ah. We played pretty hard. We just got to stop that inside thing. Offensively, we kind of sputtered around, got the ball in the end zone. But, you know, defensively, we got to get out off the field on that two-minute drive. With key injuries to your offensive line, what do you do in the second half? Oh, we're going to go play. We just got to keep playing. Thank you. That's that's affectionately <laughs> known. Best. That's affectionately known in the college football world as y'all, 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 y'all. By the way, you know that was against too, Mia, right? Uh, Iowa State. Iowa State. Oh yeah. I just wish oh. the interviewer in the, the middle coach of that. Who was Iowa State at the time? McCartney. Yeah, McCartney, probably. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna McCartney. say. I, I wish the interviewer in the middle of that would have said, "What do you got to do with the second half?" You know, just asked him the same exact way that he answered. <laughs> we just got to stop that inside trap. <laughs> it's just the best. It's XL prime time. XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. I know we're still fully entrenched in football season, and most of our programming tends to be dedicated to that sport. But a round of applause for our Knights, J.J. LaSelva. UCF, first ever home Big 12 basketball game, and they knock off number three, Kansas. Yes! Uh, Is UCF a basketball school? No, You're but I, right. I think Johnny the Dawkins athletic is. department is getting um, – they're starting to get, like, momentous steps now at the basketball team, the football team. Yeah. This is like – like, if you're a Florida, Florida State, Miami fan, it's not good because that's a university with a lot of money. Well, you it's figure, a university like, with a lot of support. I always refer to my beautiful children that all went there, and I still think I'm paying for. But Michael in the middle is a, a computer engineer. And so he's one of the guys that they will be coming to to say, hey, give us a little dough. And when you got 60,000 that walk off, and he's a speech therapist, Hyla, uh, uh, psych. And so you just look at those, and they just start taking a little bit of money from them, and they start putting some money back into the program. I understand that they get more time. money and more kids, but every single person I know that went to UCF mm-hmm. is like a Gator fan or a Noel fan, and no, that it, will always come first for them. What, did they claim UCF alumni status after the win last see, night? See, oh, I'm sure, but like... But I, it's so funny, like, my kids' generation, they are all UCF. Really? Number all one? UCF. Mm-hmm. All, like Michael... Wow. Uh, Mick, Mick will occasionally talk about the Gators, but it's UCF. Same thing, uh, honestly. Uh, Jordan and Annie, they are all went to UCF. They are diehard mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to that. And I've never met a UCF fan in my whole life, dude. It's funny. And, and, and I've lived in Florida my entire yeah. life. And, and a bunch of them came from Ocala, too, honestly. <laughs> yeah, the, they're the ones passionate, that I know, man. I'm we can't right get now. into any other school. Yeah, the ones that I know came from Ocala with, with Jordan and all them. But the other thing is the basketball part, it's all thanks to Taco. He's the one who started it's it true. all. I mean, Taco well, Ball? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's that, the one who started it all. He got them on the map, but it also helps to have Johnny Dawkins as your head coach. Oh, heck, which yeah. The gif of him, like, staring so and what? screaming uh, into the camera is awesome. All four of the top teams went down over, what, yep. a two-night period, three-night yep. period? Well, UConn, did UConn win last night? Purdue Somebody? went down. Yeah, Purdue's gone down. Mm-hmm. Houston's gone down. UConn did defeat Xavier last night, so the expectation is they will return to the number one spot in the land after – Purdue lost, Kansas lost, Houston lost, and Tennessee lost last night. And so didn't the Gators lose last night as well? Yeah, they tell you what, let me just get into that they, just real quick. I say they played mm. last night or tonight against. No, it was last night. Oh, was last they, night. Oh boy, I wasn't watching that. Just tell you something, they can go for a while against some teams. I love watching them because they have depth. They have guys that really don't. They don't. 
fear driving to the basket. They can create their own shot. There's bigs. There's guys that can work uh, the the you know basically with guard play. When you talk about Poland and and my man Walt, I mean they are good, but Ole Miss embarrassed them two uh, two thirds of the way into that game last night and just started hitting threes and just started out athleting them and one hundred and three to eighty five. I'm telling you, and it was toe to toe for a while, and then. It just evaporated. I do want to note that Ole Miss was one of four remaining undefeated teams in the country until Saturday, which now there are no more in college basketball after mm-hmm. Houston got beat by Iowa State on Tuesday night. Um, they got embarrassed yeah. on Saturday. And by the way, their coach is a good coach. Yes. Lane Kiffin, Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah, well, honestly, same. Chris Beard, Lane Kiffin, kind of the yeah. same at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, one more note from the UCF uh, win last night, though, because this is why college sports are the absolute best, Leon. The night before UCF's inaugural Big 12 home game versus number three Kansas last night, there was a huge storm that left down palm fronds, as in like, you know, the palm tree goes down and there's palm fronds everywhere across campus. Students picked them up and carried them into the game to distract Jayhawk free throw shooters in the second (laughs) half. It worked. Kansas went 6 of 11 from the line. They missed five free throws. The Knights held on for a five-point victory. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah, what's better than college life? I love college sports. You don't have this in the pros. I'm sorry. And, heck, the the enrollment's like 60,000. There's probably really only 30 on campus. The rest of them are, are, uh, you know, virtual. Yeah, commuters or virtual. There's so many of those anymore. They're but yeah. calling it Palm Power. So uh, I, I, I'm curious if this is going to catch on now, especially cool. because like all of UCF's like social media channels, mm-hmm. they play up the like come play in paradise and they have like the palm tree. Well, if they emoji. get the palmettos with the Hare Krishnas on the campus of Gainesville, they can weave those little bad boys into hats and fans and all kinds of stuff. They could turn it into something productive. By the way, uh, cool. before we leave mm-hmm. UCF and college basketball, just an update on Taco Fall. He's playing for the Nanjing Monkey Kings. I love oh, that. Yeah. Chinese, the ba- Chinese Basketball Let's Association. Let's go. Dude, it's so hard to make the NBA. Like, I don't it think, is, but I don't there's a lot understand. of places overseas where these dudes go play. And they make yeah. them a lot more money sometimes, too. Yeah, and they, pl- they live like kings over there. Yeah, yeah. and Taco's got that the international. Kings? The, is that monkey kings? Said, the, mon- the Monkey Kings. The Monkey Kings. I'm going to want to get a China shirt. China loves monkeys. From the Monkey Kings. Yeah, we need a jersey. Yeah, I used to have the uh, Fighting Banana Slugs uh, from UC Santa Cruz. I think it's Santa Cruz. Uh, and, and so I do, I like that. I like that monkey Kings. All right. So, uh, we've been talking about the college football world. We absolutely have to get to the uh, playoffs coming up here in just a second, uh, because we got to make picks tomorrow. Uh, so let's do that coming up by the way, tomorrow, uh, Mokama beer company up in Fernandina, South eight, uh, XL primetime will be there at noon tomorrow. So you Nassau nooners, uh, we would love to see you come hang out with us. Uh, the anticipation of setting this up was uh, heading into the playoff weekend with your Jacksonville Jaguars. Unfortunately, uh, it, that did not happen. But we still will be up there having a big time. Mokama Beer Company, make sure you play, make plans to drop on by between noon and 3 tomorrow. Grilling Up Lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. I like it when JJ breaks the guitars out because that's what I want. Energy. Rock and roll. We'll have a little big hair heavy metal Friday tomorrow. Uh, But, uh, you know, I just like it because it cranks. It kind of gets us going. Although, what did we have earlier, Uh, Leon? One of those songs that were uh, that 
Dan Lanning was playing underneath. Oh, uh, yeah. that was the Isley Brothers, yeah. Footsteps in the Dark. Yeah, so that's 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 definitely. And some we chill. figured out it was Ice Cube. Yeah. Uh, it was It's a Good Day is the song I, I yeah, he sampled play it. all uh, the time, uh-huh. he which is okay too. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, you got you got to pay tribute to the, the uh, homage to the original. Absolutely, that's for sure. That's for sure. All right, now it is Wild Card Weekend, and I always argue with myself: Is Wild Card Weekend better than Divisional Weekend? Same number of games. But the way they've set up Super Wildcard Weekend, it's more because you've got mm-hmm. now seven teams that make it into the postseason, and you now have Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So Super Wildcard Weekend may be, may be as good as uh, as any of them out there. So let's do it uh, with our little Pacifico push to the playoffs from the Atlantic to the Pacifico. So many good games. So many good Such games. A good too. And we take a look, by the way, Pacifico. Found in Baja, imported by surfers. You definitely want to check it out when you are out at your favorite watering hole. Now, we got the Saturday slate, Sunday action, and then into Monday night. And so when we talk about games that are the most gettable, not quite sure which ones you would put in order as far as the most gettable games, but let's go in reverse order, and let's go Monday night football first, okay? Because I believe, and this is not an unpopular opinion, a lot of people are going to pick an upset with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. 8-15 kick. Philadelphia is a three-point pick in this game. But we all know they have wet the bed a few times down the stretch, losing to the Giants and so on and so on and so on uh, that they've lost here of late after starting 10-1. and You smell an upset? Uh, I do smell an upset, and I do smell what Adam Schefter is cooking. Um, he apparently has alluded to multiple times on programming today as I look up at ESPN and mm-hmm. I now see Dan Lanning on the Pat McAfee show. Adam Schefter has noted there may be a mystery team involved with hiring Bill Belichick, who has not yet fired its coach. Nick Sirianni is not necessarily on the most stable footing up there in the city of brotherly love. Right. Maybe Bill thinks he needs a already built, just needs a little fixer-upper. I, I, if, if they lose, I mean, the Eagles are in the same spot as the Jaguars. They're going to have to fire somebody because their performance over the last six, seven weeks has not been up to their standard. Yeah, it's not impossible, but we are talking about dumping guys after they made it to the Super Bowl. And I do think that is uh, not wise. Not saying that that was a flash in the pan and he'll never get it back, but that's th- Jimmy Johnson. Mm hmm. Well, the same thing. Well, yeah, but that was Jerry yeah, yeah, and Jerry. Jerry, Jerry being Jerry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, the Eagles. And are Jimmy dis- had won it. Yeah, won it twice, back to back, actually. Yeah, but the Eagles are a dysfunctional bunch, man. They, I mean, it, it, you said Jaguars, absolutely. They can't stop the run. They can't get up to the pass. They give up big plays, and then, then I mean, the whole the whole notion behind them 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 running the ball, and then then I think in uh, what's his name, uh, Hurts is hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been hurt all season long, but he even more so in that last game against the Giants. He just looked awful. So yeah. I, I, I don't listen. Baker Mayfield. I don't know. I, I don't see how the I don't see how the Eagles are favored in this game. Be quite honest with you. Well, Tampa Bay is at home. Really? Yeah. Why? Yeah. All right. You so you might be the picking Bucks an against the Panthers, right? But, but listen, you sometimes you may play down to the level of your competition. Do you see the Bucks against the Jaguars? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that's the, right. Well, a team I mean, that. And scored. did you see Philly against anyone? I mean, over yeah. I mean, was there really? anyone playing worse at the end of the season? Yeah, the Eagles. <laughs> We're playing worse than the Jags. Yeah. Oh, well, they They tie. lost 27-10 they, they had to beat the They had to beat the pants off the Jags. They played. Uh, I don't know about well, that. They were both bad. They, they were both, both bad. bad. Could have been you're a tie. Living off, you're living off the name. Could have been a tie. You're, you're living yeah. off what they Bro, did in the, in the Super Bowl. Search your soul. My soul is searched. Your soul. Yeah. 
All right, we're working backwards, <laughs> working backwards with our Pacifico path through the playoffs when we take a look at uh, Sunday night action. you got the Rams and the Lions, and it was pointed out to me, and I, I, I do agree with the texter that said it, this is not the Matt Stafford revenge game. This actually should be the Jared Goff revenge game because Goff's the guy who got dealt out of L.A. after taking his team to a Super Bowl. Matt Stafford was brought in as the savior in South Southern California. They won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, maybe it is Goff that would like to get a little revenge uh, over the fact that Stafford was dealt. I could see an upset here solely because the Lions, despite a great run defense, have one of the worst passing defenses in the National Football League. I understand they're getting healthier. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and company making their way back into the lineup. But the Rams have Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. Guys, unreal. Puka is unreal. And guess what? Matt Stafford, and I will raise my hand, I thought he wouldn't be able to stay healthy. I thought the Rams were headed mm-hmm. to tank town. He's looked awesome. Yeah. So and, if they can get that passing attack going, look out, Detroit. Yeah. And the run game. Okay. Kyron Williams is a stud, too. Second leading rusher in the National Football yeah. League. He is a stud right now. All right. Also on Sunday, Packers Cowboys. So out of these games, real quick Steelers, Bills, Packers Cowboys, Rams, Lions. Where do you smell the upset the most, Leon? Those are the Sunday um, games, trio of games. Bills are a 10-point pr- pick. Packers are an underdog by, what is it, seven and a half. Uh, and then the Rams are a uh, three-point. This dog. is Saturday games. This is Saturday, Leon. These are Sunday that? games right here. Sunday, Sunday yeah. games? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they would never put the Cowboys on Saturday. That, that's Come true. on. Unless it's a standalone. Run, run them again. Yeah. Run them again. But we got, right, we got, so you got Bills, Bills starting off Sunday, 10-point favorite. Yeah. Cowboys, 7.5-point pick over Green Bay. Uh-huh. Lions, a 3-point pick over the Rams. I take Rams. the Rams. I take yeah. the Rams over the Lions. Yeah. 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 I would go with that upset. No, and those three games? Yeah. 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 Route, route, route. Okay. The home All right. Team. Wow. <laughs> Damn. For the home team. Route, mm-hmm. route, route. Mm-hmm. Yep. Rams. I'm really surprised by that. All three of them. All three? I think Rams is... Uh, I, Bills are a route. Bills yeah. are a route. Yeah. Um, I think the Packers can cover. I think they're going to give the Cowboys a scare. I think if the Packers somehow find a way to win, uh, goodbye, Mike McCarthy. Right. That's that the end of the run, That's the end of the road there in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I'd like to see <clears throat> Matthew Stafford and company pull the upset. No offense to our Lions, who we enjoy, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think the Rams, they got something cooking in it. You know, just making the playoffs is a testament to a roster that, when it was a 90-man roster, 45 true rookies. That's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah, it really is. All right, going back to Saturday's action, uh, and it's the Browns and the Texans. This is where Jacksonville should be. Okay, Jacksonville should be the AFC South. Champions hosting the Cleveland Browns. That ain't happening. 4-30 kick. So it's the Texans at home against the Browns. That is uh, another one that you can't quite figure out whether you smell an upset or not. If the Browns come in, they are the road favorite yeah. coming into Houston with that defense. Well, well, this is this is going to be interesting for me is that these two young quarterbacks. You got Jordan Love and you got uh, C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. Well, this is their first appearance in, like, playoff action, all right? right? Whatever you thought you did in the regular season, erase it off the board, all right? Playoff intensity, preparation, all that stuff is in play. So I want to see how it's going to be important how they react to it early. If they can react to it well early mm-hmm. and not get the best of them, I think they can, they can play well. But if it gets to, gets to them, then you can see you can see the the rookies become the rookies. Okay, so I'm using the Leon Intel here. Yeah. That means C.J. Stroud at home as a rookie would have a better chance than Jordan Love, even though Jordan Love is in his wow. fourth year. Yeah, uh, the comfort he's, at he's home helps. The, the comfort at home helps. Yeah. C.J. Stroud. But in this Jordan situation. Love may have a tougher time. Yeah, he's going. Yeah, he may, especially on the road against the Cowboys, who are undefeated at home, play yeah. very well at home. It helps that it's an indoor. Arena yeah. for the Houston Texans, yeah. as mm-hmm. opposed to having to go up to Cleveland. But that Cleveland yeah, that Cleveland defense is, is 
And that's my big thing. Interesting. That I, I think that trio of corners, and I've said it multiple times now mm-hmm. on 1010XL's Airwaves yep. this week, I think it will be the best trio of corners that C.J. Stroud has faced this year. Because don't forget, he didn't yeah. play the last time these two teams faced. And I know the fans are going to be watching the aerial assault on both teams or whatever they do, but I'm going to be watching Laramie Tunsey and Miles Garrett go yeah. blow for It's going to be a game. That's going to be a game. That's going to be a By the fight. way, uh, are we going back to Laramie Tunsil either two games ago or last game? He got flagged a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Was it was all sides of holding? Yeah, ball. it was. It was a false start. False start. At least once, and maybe a hold the other time because he was a little aware of of the guys coming off. And the that's, edge. Well, that's inexcusable, especially if you're at home. Was that a home game when he was? It was a road game. It was a road game. Okay. Yeah. So that makes a little more sense. Makes a little sense. All right. I leave this one uh, last as we wrap it up. Uh, because uh, you know, I, I I think of Pacifico when you go to a nice you know like surf at the bar, taco or whatever, and you go and relax. Uh, they ain't relaxing in Kansas City, okay? Because Arrowhead's going to be what minus thirty one wind chill. Is that what you said, JJ? Yeah, they're uh, worried about it being too dangerous. Andy Andy Slater is who, of course, is a Miami writer. And by the way, <laughs> I don't know this. This I'm worried about. Honestly, I am worried about this. Tua Tagovailoa has decided not to wear the isotoners. He said he's going gloveless. No isotoners on Tua. A Hawaiian kid walking into that arrowhead cold. Leon. Well, well, here's the interesting thing about when it's cold, like it's cold like that. They have warnings that say small pets and farm animals keep them inside, but yeah, we're going to play a football game. Well, I I don't even want to bring up what Matt said. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Matt. Oh, yeah. You know, Matt is doom and gloom. (laughs) I'm not doom and gloom. I'm I'm just trying to, like, Oh, All I'm saying is, man, if you're talking about negative 30 temps, wind chill, well, if well, something it, happens to somebody in that game, uh, there's going to be a lot. Yeah, likely, you say what happened, there's going to be a lot be, of well, listen, It's more likely something yeah. happens to a fan in the stands in that weather True. than yeah. someone gonna, on the field. Like, they may be in their cups and then just all of a sudden fall asleep. Exactly. Yeah, well, we've move. seen that before. There's been video online of that. Well, I'm going to tell you the worst thing that's going to happen to the fans is that their beer is going to freeze on them. They're going to be drinking. It's going to freak. The one Cleveland fan no where he bueno. literally fell asleep sitting up during the game when that cold yeah. game. Oh, yeah. We've yeah. seen that before. Oh, yeah. Listen, exactly. I, so I, those I, are the ones I worry about. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Freaks listen, there was, I had a tradition in Pittsburgh to where you couldn't wear sleeves during cold weather games, and you were not allowed this to wear a jacket talk, on the sideline. No jacket. No jacket. So yeah, like I mean, me- but, but see, this tradition goes way back to Mike Webster way back in the day. Mike Webster never wore gloves, never wore sleeves or anything. And he never had a jacket, so it, that tradition carried on. So when I come from the University of Miami and I come to Pittsburgh and it's cold, <laughs> and it says, sir, you can't go out there with sleep. I said, well, I can't come out with sleep. It's tradition. And then I'm sitting down and says, sir, you can't wear a jacket. I can't wear a jacket. No, you can't wear a jacket. So all that stuff, all that stuff is implied. <laughs> Couldn't Big Sir like at some point look at somebody and say, no, I'm putting a jacket on. No, bro, it's tradition, bro. Come on now. You sound like these Twitter babies. Yeah, so you sound like a 2024 yeah, like kid exactly. in the transfer you know, board. The search I know, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't allow someone to tell you you're not wearing a but jacket. Listen, but bro, you walk in that lobby, you see them four Lombardis. You, you fall you in do, line. You fall in line. <laughs> Matt would have been <laughs> Matt would have been the first kid on Florida State to opt out of that bowl game. <laughs> you're damn right. You're right. <laughs> if I was a first round pick, you better believe it. Fall in line. Fall They'd be like, dude, you're an undrafted free agent. You know what? I'd have opted out. I'd have waited for my NFL cash while I was watching a pocket. Apocalypto, okay? <laughs> yeah. All right, there you go. Pacifico, not a pop Apocalypto. Pacifico, push to the playoffs as we get ready for Super Wild Card Weekend. Bunch of ball games. If you are heading out, uh, enjoy delicious Pacifico or pick one up. A good cerveza, a good lager will go great uh, with your NFL action. So let's keep it going into the 2 o'clock hour. Big Surs, you are out. Enjoy no, the rest of the afternoon, man. I shall.
He is. And thank you again for Tight Lady. Oh, yeah, yeah. Always got to hook the Tight Lady, yeah. yeah. Always got to applaud the Tight Lady. Yeah, you're the man. Yeah. You're the man on that. All right, into the 2 o'clock hour, we will, of course, keep scouring uh, X to see what is the latest when it comes to the Alabama head coach, when it, when it comes to whether or not uh, the athletics director at Alabama, Greg Burns, reached out to anybody, how soon we're going to find out about it. You know, you got the wheels up, jet tracker everywhere. By the way, Brownwater Mac, one of my Bama fans, he had to gig me. I said, look, man, I said, I'm just – I have mad respect for what Nick Saban did. Okay, if 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 he were anyone's coach, you 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 know you'd look at everyone else's misery and take joy in it. But when he exits stage left, you can't help but at least smile just a little bit. That man's been ruling uh, for a long, long time. Speaking Re- oh, hey, real quick, I have got a phenomenal bet you didn't know. Yeah. Oh. Uh huh. Okay. For the next segment. Okay. 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 Right. Are we gonna let Brett okay. McMurphy join in on it? Uh, yeah. We may. Yeah. Okay. All right. Brett, Brett might know. Well, Brett we'll always knows. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, speaking of our Alabama Nooners, yeah. though, uh, high tide on the south side, one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, of course, is an Alabama fan. Yes, he is. He did send this in the 12 o'clock hours. Upset we haven't addressed it yet. Bring me Shane Beamer. Bring him now. We're <laughs> going to fire the next guy in a couple of years anyways. Ah, sacrificial <laughs> He'll be fun for a minute, and then we can poach Joey uh, Freshwater from Ole Miss. Uh, how, about, how about sacrificial Shane? Okay, that's really not a bad play at all, uh, for sure. All right, listen, you're right. You, the next one you hire is the next one you fire because it ain't going to be easy to follow St. Nick. <laughs> is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. I got to give it to Jacksonville's hometown band, Leonard Skinner, for pinning and recording one of the greatest anthems in college football. Forget about the fact that it played on rock and roll stations across America uh, from the 70s and beyond. It's been an anthem in the college football world, especially in T-Town, for a long, long time. Like I said, I've, I've heard from countless Bama fans. Uh, I love all y'all. You know that. Uh, but I can't help it. I mean, there's just a little joy in Whoville, uh, and I'm sure it's reaching a lot of zip codes, okay? And it could be from the plains of Auburn down to Baton Rouge. You know, Big Vic next door. I, I love my, my Cajun bro. And Big Vic's like, finally! I mean, he's running bro, out in the street. What you! Finally, you know, because he's like, he looks at he looks at me with just like the most sincere face. He goes, when is he going to leave? And then he finally left. And so now you're going to find out whether you can start to own the roost. And it's so funny because one of my, one of my, I already told you about Brownwater back, but another one of our, let's just call him a Bamba Jag fan. He goes, he goes to the doctor this morning, morning appointment to go see the doctor. Blood pressure's high. She says, what's wrong? Well, the Jags lost and Saban is gone. Oh, you know, What no. do you think? I mean, come on. And so it definitely hurts. That's for sure. Let's get the latest. Uh, the intel, uh, man, when it comes to uh, the action network. Let's ring up another guest on the all-pro roofing phone line. We like to call him Action McMurphy. He of the Action Network, Brett McMurphy, uh, who joins us uh, and, and certainly covers the uh, college football world uh, as good as anybody, including our own Matt Hayes. Uh, Brett, welcome in. How are you first? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey, man, we appreciate it. What, uh, you know, I, I know you weren't shocked, but what was your reaction when you, when you learned of the news and had to break the news? No, I, I mean, I was shocked. I mean, I 
Saban had been interviewing candidates for the defense coordinator and wide receiver position. Um, you know, I talked to people at the Rose Bowl. I talked to people in Houston. And at that point, they thought that Saban was, was going to stay. He had not given any indication uh, that he would leave. I talked to somebody on the staff last night. They said basically Saban on Wednesday seemed a little bit different. It, they said it was kind of a little bit weird. And then he met with the player. He told the players before he told his coaching staff. Mm. He went and told the pl- players and then met with the coaching staff and told them. And he told the staff that basically he did not make this decision until till Wednesday. Now, certainly it's something that him and, you know, his wife have been thinking about for a while. But, you know, the, the one thing I haven't seen answered, and I don't know the answer to this, is what what was the final straw that basically made him make that decision of, okay, it's, we're ready to end it right now because, you know, he was on the SEC coaches call. He's bitching about the, you know, the, the communication systems. And it, <laughs> I mean, he's fully invested. He's interviewing potential candidates on his next staff. And then just suddenly, yep, see, I'm out of here. So that's what, that's kind of the unknown, but yeah, it was, you know, it was speculated, but it, it was somewhat of a shot. So uh, I think he's been thinking about it for a while, and Brett has a great anecdote that kind of underscores the idea that he's at least he sees his he sees where he is in the grand scheme of college football. Um, right. uh, during the uh, spring meetings last year in Destin, um, Brett walked out and found Nick. You know, they have this whatever you want to call it, little social event after the first day where all the coaches and their families are out there on the deck by the beach, and mm-hmm. there's you know food and drink, and everybody talks, and it's a good good way to just go kind of talk with the coaches at a very easy way to do it, right? So Brett walks up to uh, Nick, and and one of the first things Nick says to Brett, and I'll let Brett take it from there, is I don't know anybody here anymore. It's interesting. Brett, explain that. Yeah, he was just – I saw him standing there. He's kind of by himself, and um, he just kind of remarked, I don't know, know anyone out here anymore. And I think part of it, he's been in the game so long, and it's, it's changed so much. And um, – you know, I sit there and talk to him for 20 minutes. It was surreal. I talked to him about everything except football. Hmm. And it was just incredible. And, um, you know, I think ultimately he's, you know, he's the hardest working coach in college football, the most demanding, maybe in all of sports. And, you know, he always says good is the enemy of great. And I think, you know, when you're 50 and 60 years old, you can work 14 hour days. When you're 72, maybe right. that wears on you a little bit. And he just decided, you know, Hey, look, I, I I need to, you know, I've done this long enough and ready to move on. But Brett, that's that's an enormous statement from him. I don't know anybody here anymore. That kind of like you're like whoa. Like when when you told me that, I was kind of like wow. He's kind of like seeing almost like mortality. His mortality in the game, right? I think so. I mean, not that he's not successful, but that just that he doesn't. Yeah, it's just. You know, everybody he knows is no longer right. Around. And quite frankly, part of it's his fault because he's run them off. So you know, he's um, yeah. I, I tweeted this out, and you know, I think I've mentioned it to you before, Matt. Since he was hired in 2007, there were 54 different coaches in the SEC. <laughs> wow. 50, all, Arkansas and Tennessee had 12 coaches total. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> wow. The irony, well, Alabama had one coach. Everyone else is going through anywhere from two to six. The irony, of course, about this, Brett, as we catch up with Brett McMurphy of the Action Network, um, 
is that then the video surfaces this morning from local Tuscaloosa, Alabama television stations that Nick was back at the facility this morning. So, number one, why is he there? Number two, how involved do you expect him to be in determining who his successor will be? Well, I know you guys are big fans, and I am too. So maybe he's pulling a George Costanza. And he's just, <laughs> he's just showing up and like, what? I'm still here. Well, the joke online was Miss Terry said, you, you can't stay here. You got to go out. And so the only place he knew where to go to was the football facility. Well, that's what he did Christmas morning about a dozen years ago. So um, I, I don't think I talked to some people um, on staff. I don't think I don't think Nick wants to be part of naming his successor, because if 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 the guy doesn't work out, then he doesn't want people to say, oh, well, you right. know. Saban, Saban pitched just a bad, bad bill of good. So, I mean, I, I'm sure if they ask him, you know, who do you think would be a, who would you recommend? They'll certainly take his input, but I don't think it's, it's not like when Bill Snyder stepped down, he basically told the, the athletic administration, um, I'm going to name my successor. And, you know, because of the, the weight, you know, that Bill Snyder had it, at Kansas State and what he had done for that program, they said, okay, you can give us your replacement. And if we can't strike a deal with them, then we're going to move on. Well, he recommended Jim Levitt, who was at USF then, and they could not get a deal done with Jim Levitt. And so then they moved on and they went with Ron Prince. So we know that worked out. So um, I, I don't, and I don't think that's not really Saban's personality, you know, to kind of say, hey, I'm leaving now here this guy's taking my place kind of like we've seen with when Dean Smith stepped away and some other coaches probably more notably in college basketball. Yeah. And that was on the staff at that time too. Uh, in, in little Manhattan, you can get away with that. You may not in, in T town. We're talking with Brett McMurphy. You can definitely find him on X and of course at action network uh, with everything that he's got going. And so uh, it's logical to follow the, the lines out of Tuscaloosa with the guys that have left and might come back. So handicap it for us, Brett, uh, Elaine Kiffin, Adabo. You know, how do you think it will play out early? Well, the fact that Lanning has come out and basically put out a video and, you know, which is great, that tells me that he's, um, he isn't interested in going to Alabama. So I was told, I was told early Wednesday that Lanning was the top choice I was told Wednesday night that it's Lanning or Mike Norvell are the two at the top of the list. So if Lanning's out of the mix, then they're going to focus on Mike Norvell. The unknown is, you know, this isn't a money play. Whoever's going to Alabama is not doing it because, oh, look at all the money I'm going to make. It's basically you're, you know you're going to Alabama. And the unknown for all these guys is it's cliche. You don't want to be the guy that follows the guy, but mm. you certainly – don't probably a lot of people don't want to be the guy that follows the goat you know Mm -hmm. um matt's heard this story before but saban tells a story about when him and miss terry were on vacation several years ago and they'd only lost one game that year and this little old couple comes up at a diner and says can we get a picture with you and and they're taking the picture and this this little old lady's grabbing saban's arm as they're taking the picture and she goes don't worry coach it'll get better next year and Saban's uh, thinks to himself, it'll get better. We only lost one freaking game, <laughs> and that's not good enough. So how many how many people on the planet really want to go into that type of situation? I know Matt 
wrote a great column today about, you know, go after Lane Kiffin. He's the guy that's not going to care that will put up with that. I agree with that, but from what I'm being told, I don't think he's going to be a candidate, partly because, for lack of a better word, they still view him as immature. And obviously, he, you know, he was fired at Alabama by Saban because he couldn't handle juggling the FAU job and the, and the Alabama job. So if they don't get something, if the deal doesn't work out with Norvell, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure where they go. I think Sark stays at Texas. Um, people I've talked to believe he's actually got a, a better NIL set up there. He's going to be in the same conference. Um, you could argue Texas is a better job. I know that sounds weird. They haven't had the success, but I think that's a testament to what Nick Saban's done. The younger people don't realize this. Right. Three of the four years before Saban got to Alabama, they had losing seasons. Yeah. And then Saban rolls off 15 consecutive years where they are ranked at least one week at number one. Is that Alabama or is that Saban? Well, we're getting ready to find out. So, you you brought up Mike Norvell and and I think my, it's Mike Norvell or Kevin Basley at this point. So, and, and I, I look at this thing and it's, it's my if it's if it's Mike Norvell, how crushed would that Florida State program be at that point? And where do they go? They're de- they're decimated. I was actually thinking like who I was thinking to myself who, like I'll ask you, Matt. I mean, you know, college football as good as anybody. Who does who does Florida State go after? Dion. I don't know. Dion. I mean, nobody Dion. jumps in my mind. Dion, Dion, maybe, but I mean, I mean, is yeah. Well, oh god, that's the obvious one. Yeah, it is. But I don't, I don't know that you can do that. I mean, I, I mean, it's, remember, there's already a wedge between FSU and Dion. Yeah, uh, prior. I, I mean, it's, I, I, I don't know. Josh Heupel, Eli Drinkwitz, someone like that, maybe. Maybe Stoops. Bring him Heupel's back. not going to leave the tent, leave Tennessee together. Yeah, I don't think he is either. I don't see, think that's the thing. It, while I said Alabama's not about money, Florida State in theory, would be about money and access. And you're, you're, you know, who if you're a coach, do you really want to go to a school that's suing a league to go to an unknown future? You don't know where your future is in five years. Um, and then if you, I just ruled out every Big Ten and SEC coach just yeah. figuring they wouldn't take an ACC job. So, I, yeah, I don't know. God, I don't know. Is I don't, I mean, if, if you're Jed Fish, are you, do you right? If you're Jed Fish, do you take that job, or do you say, "Wait a second, in a year, I might be able to get the Florida job." I can get Florida. If I'm Jed, if I'm Jed Fish, and I have the chance to get Florida next year or Florida State now, I I take a chance on Florida because you know you're in the SEC. Where again, Florida State, we know why they're trying to get out of the ACC. But yeah. if you want to be a coach to go there, there's a lot of uncertainty going on with with what's going to happen. You obviously, as long as you're in the ACC, you got an easier path to the playoff. Um, but you know, that may change in a couple of years. You may, you may be in the big 10, you may be in the, in the, uh, SEC as we build to be determined as we build context around this situation, Brett, let me throw a wild card at you. Does Alabama need to make such a splash that I don't know, maybe they'd go after a Pete Carroll or poach someone from the NFL ranks, or does this very much feel like you need someone who is established in the SEC or the Big Ten already in college football as a head coach? Well, that's a good point because um, Greg Byrne hired Nate Oates as his Mm -hmm. basketball coach, and that was kind of out of left field, and he's obviously had a great deal of success. Um, I think um, the Texans coach, he's an Alabama grad, just, you know, had an unbelievable year first, but that's his first year as a head coach. Um, you know, do you take a chance on that? 
can't. Yeah. I, I think and probably something that would work against taking somebody from the NFL is that these guys are not involved in the day to day with all the NIL stuff and all the other, you know, college transfer portal nonsense and all that. So are you going to are you going to drop somebody into you know ultimately the 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 top seat in college football and basically say okay this is how this works in college now they have no background with it that that may be tough to do i'm not saying it won't happen it can't happen but i think that would be a that would probably be a negative for somebody to come in that's not currently a um, head coach in, at the, in the college ranks. I, I want Action McMurphy to be the first to write this, uh, just uh, because this guy has NFL experience and head coaching experience. Just go get Jim Harbaugh. He has the playbook. He's already done the film study. I was worried you it's, were going to say Urban, by yeah, the way. No, you're not Urban. Yeah. Just go get Jimmy, okay, because he's got all that stuff. I mean, he can reach right. He's got the playbook right there ready to go. Uh, I actually told a buddy of mine that, and he texted me the next day and said, were you serious about that? <laughs> I'm like, I was joking. Actually, the, one of the funniest uh, tweets I saw about uh, about the coaching search was, let's just do a straight-up trade. Nick Saban goes to college game day, and Lee Corso takes over at Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and it could probably work based on the way it's been built. All right, so uh, as we wrap it up, Brett McMurphy, we love having you on. We appreciate it. But, you know, the measure of a man, uh, and, and I know that you and, and Matt look at these things philosophically as well as, you know, just staying on top of everything. But how big, uh, uh, seismic was Saban in, 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 our, in our sporting world in the time that he was coaching there? I mean, I think it's, I know it's like, you know, that you're in the moment. So everyone's like, oh, this is the grace of all time or whatever. And, and somebody referenced to me, like, you know, it's like you're at, you're at the guy's funeral. So you're going to say all these great things about him. I actually think he's been underappreciated as mm. weird as that sounds. And I think we won't really appreciate what he accomplished until we get two, three, four, five years down, down the road. I mean, he had a winning season every single year. It's 11th longest streak um, at one school in college football history. The 15 consecutive years where they were ranked number one at least once every season. That's a college football record. The seven national titles. And everyone can say, yeah, well, he had better talent. He had more resources and all that. Well, let's just look to our friends at College Station. And just because you have the most money, the most resources, the most of everything, doesn't mean you're going to be successful. And just look at this past season. They weren't supposed to win the SEC. They weren't supposed to get to the playoff. And if not for some some miscues in the semifinal, they're playing in the national title game. Maybe they win, maybe they lose. But that's a team that was, that was not supposed to be one of Saban's best. And I think that kind of sums it up. And the other thing is, you look at his, with all the talent he, he's had, he, they have not had dynamic in no offense to Greg McElroy if he's listening because I love Greg. They've they have not had mag, magnificent talent at quarterback, and they've still won national titles. Jacob Coker, I mean, Matt can go down the list, and but he still he got won. to the playoff with a former wide receiver, yeah. Blake Sims. Blake, Blake Sims. Sims. <laughs> yeah, I mean, give me a break. He he adjusted. I mean, and, and like Matt mentioned in his column, Kiffin Kiffin, you know, pulled him. You know, kicking and screaming into the okay. You got to start throwing the ball and winging it around. You got to stop three yards in a cloud of dust and playing defense all the time. So he adapted. He changed, and you know what? He kept winning, and he always won. And 
you know, ultimately, you know, I got in an argument with the guy on an interview yesterday. He's like, well, he's not necessarily the greatest of all time in college football. And what about Bear Bryant? I'm like, Bear Bryant, you had like five schools in the country that could win a national title. And now you've got so many that can do so many things with the portal and everything. I think without question, he's the greatest of all time in college football. I would argue he's on the Mount Rushmore of the four greatest coaches of any sport of all time by yeah. what he accomplished. Yeah, I agree. With you. I, I think he is the greatest. So, so we'll end it at that. Listen, man, thanks so much for the info and the insight. Um, when they hire Kiffin, we'll have you back. All right. Hey, I got, I got some scoop for you on Harbaugh though, you, if you want it. What do you got? Let's hear it. So, um, sources have told me that <laughs> if you sit outside his house, if you see black smoke coming from the chimney, he's going to the NFL. <laughs> if you see gray smoke, it's brisket. <laughs> <laughs> so keep, keep an eye on that. Might be, that might be a Lincoln Riley. Yeah, on once upon a time, Brett, I actually wrote. Lincoln Riley. <laughs> once upon a time, I actually wrote my college essay about wanting to be Rachel Nichols camped out on Brett Favre's lawn. So I may take that to heart for yeah. what it's worth. All right, there brother. You thank you, man. Thanks, Action. Anytime, guys. Thank right. you. Awesome. That's the oh. one and only Brad McMurphy. Go read him at Action Network. Uh, yep. the, the best newsbreaker in college football. He's all over it, that's for sure. It's XL Primetime. Bet you didn't know. All right, JoJo. I told you this was a classic, okay? This is Alabama-related. Bet you didn't know. An Alabama-related bet you didn't know. There are okay. one, two, three, four, five different coaches, Okay. Excuse me. Wait a second. Six, seven. This seven. does seem like a joke. Seven. Right? No, this so is my good. Type of question. There are seven different coaches who have beaten Nick Saban at least three times. At least three times. At least three times. And his entire coaching career in college. Okay. So that includes Michigan State, LSU, and Alabama. Do we get to include Toledo in this? No. No. Toledo is not included. I will give you the the I will give you the two difficult ones that or the one difficult one that you won't know. How about that? Joe Teller did it three times at Purdue. Joe Teller at Purdue. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. All right, hang on. I might have gotten that one. All I'm right. Count it so anyway. now let's hear him. You got there's six others. So beat him three times. At least three times, yeah. At least three times. One so of them beat him four. I'm going to say Lloyd Carr. Ding. Okay. Very nice. So you go Michigan. You can go up there to Ohio State. I'm going to go think. Herb. But they didn't play nope. Ohio State every year. Herb only beat him twice. They were two yeah. and two. Okay. Uh, and I'm just going to guess, and again, these are guesses. When he was at LSU as well. What about Les Miles? Yeah. Ding. Les, yeah. Nicely done. JJ's just rattling these. Yeah, off. I mean that was yeah. my guess, and then I paused. So JJ, <laughs> give him credit. He jumped right in. I there. did. Well, I'm I mean, trying no, to I, think. I give you credit. I sat there like a Weasley little. You know what? <laughs> I'm also trying to think of somebody who has like the Big Ten crossover too. That was Lloyd yep. Carr. That's a good, right. That's a good way to think. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a good way to think. Who else did Michigan State? Well, you figure. They it's not Kirk Ferentz. Sorry, was America. It, was well, it Joe Paw? Yes, it was. Oh, Joe Paw. Oh, oh, yeah. That was a good one. Okay. All right. So there's one more? No, there's three more. Three oh, more? Damn. Okay. And so we're going to go um, in the SEC. Um, was it? Um, I don't know if they played enough. All Ful- in the SEC. Fulmer? The three remaining are all in the SEC. Kevin Fulmer? Someone? Nope. Spurrier? Just one. There we go. Spurrier. HBC. Okay, so he lost to Spurrier one time at Alabama, but two times at LSU. Yeah. I see. And so I was trying to think of another uh, LSU tie. Uh-huh. What Bowden? about um, Alden was named earlier, right? Right. Just, yeah. Terry Bowden. That's why I was. What about Mark Richt? No. 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 Mark Richt. I mean, beat him once. Got him fired. 
So, uh, yeah. did you no, go Tommy? Uh, Tennessee. Who was Tennessee? Tupperville beat him once, I believe. Yeah, but Tommy well, Bowden. Oh, Tommy, Tommy Bowden is your... Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Who was no. Tennessee's coach? It's just, yeah, we're, 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 like, we're, we're at the end now. Philip Fulmer? Yeah, Fulmer. Yeah, Fulmer. No, that's, that's a no. Um, Gus Mazan three times. Whoa. Whoa. UCF, God baby. About Second God. mention and on I, the and program. I, and I might give JJ this. The guy who's beat him more times than anyone else. Tubbs. Oh, wow. Four times. Okay, so he beat him one time at Auburn, one time at Alabama, but then a few times at uh I LSU said Tommy Alabama. and I was hoping you would bite, but I just said Bowden. I guessed wrong. All right, that's pretty good. That was a good one. Yeah. That was awesome. One, right? Yeah. That's a good one. And look, it's just it's so rare. You want to uh, hear some more names who beat him? Barry Alvarez tr- twice. Hugh Freeze yeah. obviously twice. Mm-hmm. Hayden Fry twice. Herb twice. See, Houston, there was an Iowa connection. Houston Nutt twice. How about that? Arkansas. Mama Osborne twice. Mark Rick Tom. twice. Dabo twice. Gary Barnett. Frank Beamer. Mike Bellotti. Mac Brown and Watson Brown. Yeah, Who's good old Watson. Watson Remember Bandy. in 2000, at, when he was yeah. at LSU? Yeah, well, he was UAB at Bandy, too. beat LSU. That was like his low point at, at that program, okay. sort of like the Louisiana Monroe. Mm-hmm. And Watson Brown was the coach of UAB then. Yeah, that's classic. All yeah. right, now, real quick, uh, and we can just keep the music going just for the heck of it, but you now have – since he exited, what was it, a total of 17 years that Nick was there? Correct. Uh, so the longest tenured coach is right now. The obvious is the one that – Harbaugh? No, the one that always gets to be brought up, and it's a drinking Ferentz. game. Yeah, Ferentz, yeah, yeah, Kirk yeah. Ferentz. Mm-hmm. So he's been at Iowa for 24 years. Oh, my After, God. Yeah, 24 years. After that, just see if you can hit the top five here. Well, okay. I quote After tweeted – At the same Ferentz. school, you mean? No, yeah, at the same school Kyle. right now. Longest running right Kyle now. Kyle Whittingham. Whittingham. Longest one. tenured guys. So Kyle Whittingham is tied second. Uh, Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy is That's second. One. So 19 years for those two cats uh, at Oak State and I'm at Utah. I'm 40. And then the next ones? P.J. Fleck, maybe? No. no. He just got there. No, he's been there for like nine years. Man. No, he's been there like four P.J. or P.J. Fleck PJ? just got to Minnesota. He got there at 18. He was at yeah. Western Michigan. Yeah, he was at uh, six no, years. He's been there longer than that. Yeah. Um, ha- half a decade for him. Because uh, Harbaugh's no been there for like nine years. Uh, our boy, the program. Mark Stoops. Oh, uh, only eleven years. Only eleven. But he would be so one of the that. higher. He would be one of the higher ranking SEC coaches. Yeah, that's for sure. It's more than that. Yeah. What about the guy that beat Miami group, at Middle Tennessee State? These are definitely group of five. The schools. guy at Middle Tennessee no, State has been there forever. No, yeah, he left. That changed. Oh. The Shavers he was there were forever, there yeah. too. Yeah. All right. See, these last two are one from outside of the Power Five and one from inside the oh, Power okay, Five. Oh, okay. So one from outside. Inside the Power Five. Yeah. I'm missing You'll be surprised. Obvious. You'll hit yourself in the head. Yeah, I'm missing someone obvious. No I'm doubt. just going to go real fast because go we got to go. Dabo. Oh, duh. Right. Yeah. yeah, Dabo has, has 15 been years wow. at Clemson. 15 right. years. Right. And he took over in the middle of that season in 08 wow. and then was hired in 09. And the other guy is Air Force's mm. Troy, Troy Calhoun. Right. So there you go. Hey, real quick. Years. You know who else beat Saban? Zucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zucker. Yeah, and we are going In his back. national championship yeah. season, no yeah. less. Frank yeah. Frangie's ears yeah. just perked up somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Still trying to get him a gig. It is XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. 35 minutes past the 2 o'clock hour. One more segment to go on this Thursday edition of XL Primetime. Great to be, be with you once again until 3 o'clock on Thursdays, even if that means the Jacksonville Jaguars have been eliminated from the 2023 postseason. Do want to note, since I know the conversation's coming, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the Tennessee Titans 
Less than two days after firing Mike Vrabel, after their principal owner did not meet with reporters, but at least met with the team's website, Rand Carthen, their general manager, did meet with reporters. Was the Adams jet spotted in Gainesville? Is that what you're about? No, they actually have released new visuals of the new Nissan Stadium. Mm Mm-hmm. Renderings. Renderings. So nice. I'm curious if, if you know, the morning we've been hearing about in Nashville is so real. Are, are they trying to soften the blow or, you know, what, what's going to what's gonna be the strategy here? Maybe. We were talking about the fact that, you know, what will happen when these stadium renos are brought out again by, by Jacksonville when it comes to approving funding for this uh, refurb. And there, yeah, they're trying to turn the page. They already happily did uh, everything they needed legislatively to get that stadium going. So, yeah, it may be taking their eye off the ball because players were not pleased as far as Mike Vrabel being let go. And I don't know where fans are. The son-in-law, you know, he was already scarred by the season uh, and was happy with Henry's last game performance. He's probably thinking more about that than he is Vrabel more than anything else. Speaking of Vrabel, Robert Kraft did just meet with reporters live in Foxborough to take questions as to what led to the decision to part ways with Bill Belichick. We were talking about this on our pre-show meeting. You know, the Patriots are not exempt from the Rooney rule. I don't think there was ever a way in which, and I've heard the rumors of, uh, did Gerard Mayo have in his contract that he's the coach in waiting? In this day and age, that was never going to happen. They are going to have to follow not, through not and plausible. interview multiple candidates, just like the other 31 teams in the National Football League. But... From what I've seen, and I haven't looked too much, and JJ, and I, I know you've been, you have a couple quotes you want to read off for us from Robert Kraft. I haven't seen any specific. Hey, do you have an idea who you're targeting? The bar, no, it's the been bar's very pretty vague. self-explanatory. Yeah, so they asked him like who he's looking for, or what he wants to see in a new coach. His quote is, "We're looking for someone who can help us get back into the playoffs and win." Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good information there. Um, that's not unlike a, a everyone in the league. Yeah, exactly. Which, by the way, this is. I don't know how much Robert Kraft is doing. Yeah, yeah like is... he is so old. Like, and, and you see him in that presser today. And well, heck, when he just started his. It's tough. It was like, wait a minute, what's going on and here? I feel like his son's probably doing most of the and, and, and heavy G- lifting. Like, Stephen Jones is doing more than we may realize for Jerry Jones, but Jerry Jones is still out in front invisible and can you know can carry on the conversation and so on but that one was a, a bit odd but the other one just this is like a semi aside isn't it interesting that the international series was announced today as far as those teams that are going to be over across the pond again Jacksonville being one of them they're the marquee or flagship team you might say as far as the international series is concerned there was a statement from Shad on that but not a statement uh, as far as the season goes. That I think that's worth pointing out. Is that it is not? worth pointing out, and it's yeah. funny you bring it up because, you know, I felt like Peter Schrager tweeted it, and it was so true. Like, they come on the air for Good Morning Football. They know the international schedule is about to be released, and those NFL Europe and NFL, you, you know, international people are probably so hyped. Yeah. And then the Patriots go, yeah, yeah, we have a press conference at 12, and Bill Belichick's done. <laughs> yeah. um, and it kind of buried the lead there. So I think sure. Shad, Shad kind of benefited in that regards from the biggest uh, news of the day. Yeah, because I looked at him like, oh, oh, there's a statement from Shad. Oh, it's about the international series. So, look, I would like to hear from him. I think it's important, especially when you went from uh, we've cracked the code to, well, we cracked up and we missed the playoffs. And so I just I thought I might or hear Or the little- firing of one of your employees. Yeah, yeah. Multiple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anything, anything. I just, I thought, you know, you might get a little something, but we did not. Uh, but hiring coaches is not easy. If you take a look, like, in other words, Nick Saban 
was a proven quantity when he went to Alabama. We all know that because he had won a national title at LSU, had won in the SEC, went and tried the NFL, comes back. After he claims he said no, 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 he finally said yes, uh, and he comes back. But listen to the numbers before he got there, and this is in be- sandwiched in between success. Okay, you went from Paul Bear Bryant to Ray Perkins. Uh, he was short-lived. He went to the Giants. Bill Curry uh, did not do a whole heck of a lot, but still had a <laughs> – 722 winning percentage. Are they still Matt? Do they still rip Bill Curry to this day? Even though his winning percentage was not too bad before it, or after the, the the brick was thrown through his coaching. Exactly. Winning. I mean, they just had nothing but hate for that man. Uh, anyway, Gene Stallings. They win a Natty. Uh, he moves on after being there for seven seasons. Had a slightly less win percentage compared to Bill Curry. But anyway, he won a national championship. After that, Mike Dubose. Went twenty four and twenty three, Dennis Franchoni went seventeen and eight. Mike DeBose won an SEC, by the way. Yeah, yeah, won won a, a league championship. Franchoni had a better record, but was so bizarre he just got run. Seventeen and eight was his record. Mike Price got run, and we all know uh, roll tide roll. Uh, never really signed the contract, and did he coach a game? Oh no, he signed the contract. Yeah. <laughs> He just had a little – he had a date with Destiny in a hotel a room. Yeah, 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 he did. City. It was a date with Destiny for sure. And then uh, Mike Shula went 26-23. and 23. And then Joe Kynes, the great Joe Kynes, that one game. <laughs> and then after that, Nick Saban just took off. Y'all, it's y'all, it's y'all. not easy no. to get the guy. And I, they I, knew that guy before they got it. So Chris Lowe got uh, Nick Saban to speak his first comment since retiring about a couple hours ago. And, and Nick said something interesting. Um, you know, the whole notion that – NIL and player movement and right. what led him to led him to leave. And he said, quote, don't make it about that. It's not about that. To me, if you choose to coach, you don't need to be complaining about all that stuff. You just need to adjust to it Good. and adapt to it and do the best you can under the circumstances and not complain about it. So and it that also that. means I'm I'm out. No, I <laughs> I'm think not it complain was, about it. I think Terry looked at him and yeah. said, uh, let's just go have fun. But I like the fact that he's We're in that. our seventies, yeah. man. Yeah, they're in their seventies. How much time I mean, I'm not being I'm not trying what to does be he like have that, to prove? But he's got fifteen, twenty years left in his life. He, I bet he looked at it and said, Do right. I want to coach? Right. Or do I want to spend time with my family? Like he has he has like ten years ago he had nothing to prove. <laughs> exactly. Let's let's make right. that clear. So he chose when he wanted to exit. I still and I, I presented this to you guys after the national championship did we see the last of Saban and Harbaugh I remember Matt you thinking no we're gonna see him he's gonna come back well if you add up what what you thought and maybe what McMurphy said there might be something that popped up that made him because it's it's catching a lot of people off guard I think Miss Terry mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's well, Miss Terry I think, she I think just it's popped a, up I think it's a lot of that because again he's got a lot of grandkids now he loves his family He's got his Mercedes-Benz dealership, and that can keep him. Yeah. That can they, challenge him a little bit. Yeah. They all say when you know, I'm you sure know. He'll yeah, still be I'm in sure Affleck commercials. Yeah, he'll and... also still do ESPN work. I guarantee he does work with oh, ESPN. Oh, of course. Right. Um, it, it is fascinating, though, that Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, same age? Uh, no. Similar in age? Close. 72, 76. Belly's a little younger, younger right? Okay. Yeah. Belly's, what, 67? Oh, I, I thought, thought he was, was 70 old, already. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, they're close then because Saban's 71. 71. Yeah, yeah, so they're so 71 basically and 72. one year apart. Yeah. And yeah. One, one says, I'm out, and the one other one old says, yeah, it's, uh, Belichick looks right, it's, it's time to keep going. Let's yeah, wrap by visiting our question of the day brought to you by Beaver Toyota <laughs> on the subject of who will be the next head coach at Alabama. Nearly 400 votes cast. 
42.1% of you agree with one Matt Hayes of Saturday Down South that it should, in fact, be Lane Kiffin succeeding Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa. This is XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com careers. Equal opportunity employer. The Embedded and Shredded joins us now. The Frangie Show getting ready to go. I was listening to the Frangie Show when one Hayes Carlin was in Fuego. Okay. Yeah, over, thank you, sir. I appreciate over, your time. <laughs> over some Jaguar topics, shall we say, just in Fuego. Uh, and then came the news that, uh, well, it lit Tuscaloosa on fire yeah. with Nick Saban. Yeah. Honestly, bro. Uh, we had uh, Pete Carroll while we were live on the air. You guys had the real, the it real was, bombshell. It was unreal. I mean, it, what, I mean, I thought he'd coach forever. Yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now it'll be fascinating to see how the dominoes fall uh, and the dominoes in the NFL, how they are going to fall. And that is what leads us into today's handoff, mm-hmm. Joe, because mm-hmm. – I am going to make the case today on the Frangie Show that Shad Khan should go after Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye Trent Baalke. Bye-bye Doug Peterson. Bye-bye Press Taylor. Well, that's Go big. get Belichick. Oh, my God. I love that. That's a three-for-one deal you're talking about that. right there. This team is lacking attention to detail. Yeah. And while he's got flaws in terms of identifying personnel – that man's attention to detail remains impeccable. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And it's exactly what this organization needs after that collapse mm-hmm. where they were a mess operationally on offense and they were blowing gaps and coverages on defense left and right. Bill Belichick would solve all that. I love it. Solve now, all of that. And he's got his quarterback. Yeah, and he's got say, his receivers. There you go. So he doesn't have to draft any of that. Mm-hmm. And he's got – I mean, yeah, I, I look – you think I trust Bill Belichick to build an offensive line? Absolutely. You think I trust Bill Belichick to go identify some interior defensive linemen? Yes, absolutely. Make it happen. You're talking dirty to me. You know that, right? <laughs> Make it happen. You're talking this dirty to me. This is a cutthroat like business. And if the best to ever do it is available, you owe it to your paying customers to make him tell you no. Yeah, it's true because Shad went after oh, one well guy done. before. Look, I mean, the fans love that. I mean, listen to the studio audience. The Shab went after what he considered one of the best before in Urban. Yeah. And it, yeah, you can't just let. Why would you just cede him to the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah. Why would you allow Arthur Blank to? Oh, I guess I'll take Belichick if no right. one wants him. Yeah, and he'll I write mean, a check. Why would you allow that to happen? Yeah. He'll Go write a make check. it happen. All right. So you're you're think- suggesting Carlion, the mystery team that Adam Schefter is alluding. Too. I think Adam Schefter's alluding to the Cowboys. I do too. I, I think that I think Waiting Adam Schefter is alluding to the Cowboys. Until Shad but to swoops me, in, there's no reason why makes it happen. Shad Khan should not be in the mix to get Bill Belichick. It, look, it's unfair to Doug Peterson. He doesn't deserve to lose his job. I mean, I, and I like Doug Peterson. I think he's a he's a above average to good coach in this league. But he's not Bill Belichick. Right, I've always he said he did beat Bill Belichick yeah. he, in one game. He's got a statue to prove it. Yeah. But I've always said that he uh, Doug's the most professional guy they've hired since TC. Uh, professional and Bill Belichick. Yeah, Bill Belichick would, teaches the organization how to do it for the three or four years that he's here, and then you move on. You have the quarterback. You need attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Love and that. that's what. And, and the, other, the other thing I love is we say goodbye to you when we get ready for the next three hours. Is that he could become the winningest all-time coach in the National Football League. Hey, Tommy came to Florida to make the dream happen in Tampa. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's get Bill in Jacksonville down to Florida to get that Super Bowl away from Foxborough. All right, wow, you're the man. Like we'll be totally. listening, Hayes. All right, thank you, guys. Thank you, sir. I, he just did all of our takeaways right there.